Live from Sacramento. Live from Sacramento. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Ho, 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 ho. We are live. Happy Friday. The Kings lit the beam last night. But buckle up. Tonight's a new challenge. A big time test. They take on a Clippers team that is probably going to be in title contention. Second night of a back-to-back Russell Westbrook's debut for the Clippers. He'll be in the starting lineup. You better be ready. Kings Clippers tonight. I'm Deuce Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. We got a jam-packed show. We got the Kings roundtable at one. Then we got our good friend, the broadcasting stud, Noah Eagle joins us. That's what eagles sound like? Yeah. No, they don't. What do they sound like? Eagles, caw. What do they sound like? They're like, Wait, those were actually really good. Okay. What What was it eating? And you know, eagles are brutal, but no eagle, great guy. Great, not brutal. Does not have claws. Yes. Great human being. Great broadcaster. He'll be live with us at noon. He is the radio voice of the Los Angeles Clippers. So we'll talk to him. Kind of about his journey, by the way, because he's 25 years old. <laughs> and all the... Oh, let's also mention he's in, like, what, his third season Dude. as the Clippers and as maybe longer? All I know is he got the job when he was 22. I'm just so jealous because he's so talented. <laughs> and so nice. Such a great guy. So, yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun today. Morgan Reagan, how are you? I am... I'm feeling good on this Friday. Yeah. Feeling good. And I think, again, it's um, probably because the Sacramento Kings were playing last night. And I don't think it's healthy that my feelings, my emotion, my mental health is based off of a uh, professional basketball team. But it is. And that's where I'm at in my life. Hey, it was It was a nice win last night. Let's, no, talk about, let's talk about the game last night. The okay. Kings beat the Blazers at Golden 1 Center. What a bizarre game. Like, we were chronicling it during our show yesterday. Like, are, are we going to even play this game? Yeah. Right? Like, the Blazers had their travel issues. Right before the end of the show, we find out Dame's not playing. Jeremy Grant's not playing. They're resting. We were speechless. They're resting. And that's without Simons, without Nurkic, without Winslow. And it's like, okay, that was the starting five opening night when the Kings were taking on the Blazers, the game in which the Kings lost on mm-hmm. opening night. So you're like, all right, Kings got to take care of business. Yeah. Smack this team around. They ended up take, taking care of business at the end. Oh, yeah. Got off to kind of a slow start. Oh, Morgan. don't say kind of. That was scary. That was scary. Was it really scary? It was. When they were it, down 19 to 4. It, I, watching it, I just didn't feel it was an ugly start. But I never got the sense, I'm like, oh, this is going to continue. I think it was more of, seriously, you're going to do this, but there was never a fear of they're going to lose this game. That's fine. That's fine. The fear fear wasn't necessarily there right away, but the – we spent three hours yesterday talking about how, oh, they got to come out strong and suck it to them. We went over the defensive numbers of what the Kings do in the first quarter compared to the fourth quarter. Oh, they got to change that around in the 25 games left in this season. And what do they do? They crap the bed in the first few minutes of that game. So, yeah, it that part didn't feel good, but I don't need to dwell on that. But I think it's important that we break down what the hell happened in those moments. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, part of it, too, last night was like, man, first game after the All-Star break is kind of weird. And 
They got off to a slow start. They're missing shots. They're missing great looks. A couple of turnovers, defensive breakdowns, and you're down 19-4. But how are you going to respond? They responded well. They finished the quarter the right way. And, and I, I know they still gave up 37 points, but when you're down 19-4 to and then you're down eight going into the second quarter, you're fine. Do you, do you think, though, because this was something we talked about a little bit last night, do you think it was – Again, a locked-in mentality thing because they came into a game where a team was going to be all no. jet-lagged or whatever and missing all their guys? No. Okay. Yeah, I Just bad defensive rotations, <sighs> closeouts. I mean. I think sometimes when a team gets down, yeah. we always try to make the most obvious. They are ready to go. Or, oh, the effort's not there. It's all it was the an cli- effort. It's all the cliche stuff. Yeah. They missed some easy looks yeah. in the beginning of this game. Where you're going? Good point. Oh my god! Like Sabonis, you missed at the rim. De'Aaron's shot was just way off the mark. Yeah, yeah wide open threes. And okay, what the hell is going on? Okay. And then defensively, yeah, there were breakdowns, but I think that happens when you've got live ball turnovers. Then there's cross matches everywhere. I'm not trying to paint the Kings' defense as anything that was special in that opening game, but all of a sudden you st- or in that opening quarter, all of a sudden they start knocking down shots. The confidence is up, and there's also something to the fact that the Blazers were like. We got to rally. When guys who don't normally get big minutes get opportunity, you get you play with a little extra juice. And yeah. it was there at the start, but you could also tell, oh, these guys who don't play big time minutes were a little gassed late in that game. Yeah. No, and that's and that's exactly what we've seen even with someone like Terrence Davis at times when he's not getting into the rotation. But last night he really stepped up coming off the bench for the Kings. And um I think he was a huge part of that energy shift. For the Kings, but it wasn't only him. It was like they took a timeout or two and then figured things out, started going back on their run, started playing their basketball, and their basketball being um, still had some sloppy plays and some turnovers when they were even trying to go back on that run and getting the lead before the half, but it was the way that they started Mm. locking down better on the defensive end, the way they started being a lot more physical with this Portland squad, understanding, yeah, we don't need to go around them. We need to go right damn through them, and that's what they started doing. Mike Brown was talking about after the game, he was starting the conversation about all-NBA team. You know, you, you started the conversation about, hey, these guys are all-stars. They should be in. Now he's kind of pushing the Fox to bonus as all-NBA level talent. Watching Fox last night, I don't care who you're going up against because this was happening before the break. He's been doing it a lot this year. That guy got whatever he wanted let's talk about it it wasn't just like scoring he only played 20 he played 26 minutes last night yeah and he scored 30 plus points for the fifth consecutive game that's pretty big time stuff and it was how he did it he's playing physical that one play where he ripped it away from Keon Johnson ripped it away and then he took it to him shouldered into him Score it. It's count like, the basket. It's like I'm doing a show with De'Aaron Fox right now. No, but he's playing with an edge. I know. No, you're. And as we continue to talk about all this stuff today, we'll yeah. be talking a lot of Kings because it's a big game tonight. Can you play with that type of edge, that type of physicality against a team like the Clippers that is long, yep. athletic? They have a ton of defenders. How are you going to bring it tonight against an experienced team not playing like the Blazers? G League squad that they don't actually have. Right. And that's okay. And that's what I did love about last night's game is the way that they did turn it on. Because how many times do we see these games against the Rockets, against the Spurs, uh, whoever that low level team is? And you're like, you don't want them 
to just win. You want them to suck it to them, right? And the way that De'Aaron was going into guys, getting physical, and not just looking for a foul anymore. He is looking to score that bucket. And then you look in that mid-range game. It didn't matter if it was the way that he was changing his Mm. speed with his dribble or with his body having a shoulder turn one way, boom, explode, go the other. Oh, my God. Or that baseline drive that he had. He's going baseline, reverse, right? Oh, stop it right now. Not only that. His floaters. So we talk about all the way that he can shoot the jump shot in the mid-range, go baseline, have the reverses. But the way that he has gotten that floater down, the finesse, the feel of it, the way that it has that high arc to go over any big that commits and come up to him, um, and it goes straight down through the net. It's just been incredible what he's been able to do. One of my favorite De'Aaron Fox stats. Oh. Since he returned from being away a couple of games. Yeah. He has shot nine free throws, 10 free throws, 14, 14, eight, mm. and eight. Okay, now. He's getting to the free throw line. Before the before he was absent those two games, here are the attempts. Okay. Three, five, oh. 10, one, two, 10, seven, seven, zero, three. Conspiracy theory music, please. Oh, okay. Uh, Yes, I'm... Thank you. Okay. De'Aaron Fox, not an all-star. Low, free throws. De'Aaron Fox, all-star. High free throws. Refs, more respect? I think so. Well, let's let's take a look. When was he actually named to the all-star team as a replacement? Was that February 10th? Is that true? I'm trying to find the exact date. Can we... (laughs) When the free throw number started February going up? February 10th was when he was named. That night, he shot 14 free throws. The next <laughs> game, he shot 14. Oh, look at this. The league says oh, all-stars don't get calls. Oh, they don't? They don't? Because the last time I checked, Fox wasn't getting to the line like this. All of a sudden, he's named to the all-star team, oh. and De'Aaron Fox is getting the all-star whistle. This is a real conspiracy theory. Right? I think we figured it out. <laughs> I used to hate. I used to hate the whole All Star call thing. Yeah. Now I love it. I'm like, yeah, of course. Well, when you have some All Stars on yeah. your team, you can't not? let our All Star get hurt. No. Yeah. No. You got to make sure you got to protect your All Stars in this league. And De'Aaron Fox is an All Star, baby. He was I a, love it. He was awesome last night. And I, I, it's you know, you talk about the offense, and we get so enamored by that. To me, it's about being physical it's about playing with an edge it's about the leadership qualities what he's doing defensively getting into guys yeah that's why i'm so excited about tonight i want to see how they respond against this tough clippers team we're going to continue to talk about it we're going to stay live at youtube.com slash sacktown sports 1140 we'll be back in 60 seconds on the radio side it's deuce and mo on a friday and Mo on your local sports leader. Set Town Sports. Oh man, I'm juiced today. So am I. It's a big game feel. Feels like every game from here on out is big, but it gets bigger tonight. Kings and Clippers. Kings coming off a win last night in Portland. Excuse me, against Portland. Against Portland. 133 to 116. The Kings have 33 wins. 
33 wins. Why is that number important, Morgan Reagan? That number is important because that number, my friends, has not happened a lot to the Sacramento Kings. I saw this guy named Ryan Ritter on Twitter last night about 1 o'clock in the morning as I was trying to fall asleep. Oh, that's healthy. And he was detailing every year where the Kings won their 33rd game since the 06-07 season. And what he, he would healthy. have the he would have thirty three wins the day, and then next year, right? So yeah. like this year, yeah. Kings won their thirty third game on February twenty third. Okay, amazing, amazing. But then there's a whole bunch of na 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 na. That's uh, all done. The last time they won thirty three games, mm-hmm. you got to go back to the eighteen nineteen season. They did that on March 9th. Uh Before that. Yeah, it, it, it keeps getting worse, Morgan. And there's 82 games in all these seasons, right? Yes, oh, yes. God. And now I need to pull up this tweet because I just realized I, I'm missing one of the dates. Okay, so it gets worse than that. You go have to go back to the 15-16 season. They won their 33rd game April 11th, 2016. That's the end of the season. Okay? At least they got there. Then you got to go back to the 07 08 season when no. they won their 33rd game at the end of March. No. Then you got to go back to the 06 07 season when the drought began. They won their 33rd game on April 15th, 2007. So do the math. They have not reached 33 wins in 12 of the 16 years of the playoff drought. Isn't that crazy? It's. When you re- like, honestly, it's not crazy. It's actually depressing because if you mm-hmm. really break it down, think about just put yourself in the shoes of last year, you guys. And remember all the dark. I mean, I'm sorry to do this to you, but just go there with me. Remember all the dark, awful, beamless nights, Ugh. right? And think about that for all the other seasons, too, for so so long in the beginning of seasons, just not seeing any wins, but not even having pretty basketball. I was ready this season to just have less wins, but a fun, good product on the floor. I'm getting both. I don't, I can't go back. You can't ever bring me back. I can't go back, Deuce. Oh man. I can't. As someone, as Cole says in the chat, the dark ages. Yeah, the dark ages. So, yeah, it's crazy that, you know, a 16-year playoff drought is one thing, but the fact that they've only won 33 games during that 16-year run four times? I I wish we knew this stat, and I'm not, obviously we can't do this right now. I'm curious what other teams are like in that realm of things. Uh, There's not. Timberwolves? No, because there's been no other team that, this is the longest playoff drought in NBA history. That is that. Yeah, that I mean, it doesn't factual. happen. Yeah, no. So no, it's not a thing. We win. Well, this year the Kings are winning. Oh yeah, they are, baby. Um, Morgan, the one thing I do want to talk about from last night's game. Yeah. I felt like, and this is a, another. Con- I'm dropping conspiracy theories left and right with the All Star <laughs> thing, but even this, I felt like the Blazers wanted last night's game postponed. Oh, I love this theory. Go on. So the night before. They have these travel issues. They're sitting on the tarmac for seven hours. Then some players have to go drive home, some couple hours to get home. Yeah. Then they have to come to the airport the next day, 9 a.m. They don't leave until 1.30 in the afternoon. My conspiracy theory is during that time, mm-hmm. the Blazers were trying to communicate with the league on, hey, let's po- can we reschedule this game? Can we reschedule this game? You know, this is our players, you know. 
They're tired. We've been waiting a long time. Yeah, we can't travel day of game. This is bad. We don't know when we can leave. And when the league said, we're not doing that. You can still get there. It's a 90-minute flight. That's when the Blazers went, okay. Dame is resting, and so is Jeremy Grant. Mm. It makes no sense that they would sit those guys last night. Because if Dame was that tired, if they needed to rest him, then he should have stayed in Portland. They don't play again until Sunday against the Houston Rockets at home. Why is he there? It was a slap in the face to the league, but to me, it was a slap in the face to the NBA fans. I, I'm so. This is what we talk about with the league, right? Zach Lowe had a rant on this the other day on his podcast Ooh. with the All Star Game becoming such a joke, and now 25 percent of your regular season is just kind of like, oh, we're resting. Load management. You cannot be listing guys as out due to rest coming out of the All Star break. It was just a bad look last night for the Blazers. That's what, two things. That's why whenever I've had the idea for years now, and so have so many other people, have been like, hey, you got to shorten the season. Then everyone's like, no, no, because of money, because of money. And it's like, well, you're just going to keep losing money or you're going to lose real fans if you don't make sure you have a quality product, right? But then the second thing is you talk about this Portland team being petty with all this. It's a lose-lose situation. It's a lose-lose for all the fans, but it's a lose-lose for the freaking team that is trying to still make the playoffs. Morgan, that's it. Like, we're in the final stretch of the season. They go, yeah, we're just going to punt this game? Yeah. I mean, look at how Portland came out last night. They scored 37 in the opening quarter. If Dame plays, could they maintain that? Maybe steal a win? Maybe. We mentioned this yesterday. The Kings had a game last year in New Orleans where they got stuck. They were trying to leave New Orleans Mm -hmm. to go to San Antonio. They ended up having to leave the plane, recheck into the hotel, leave the next morning, and then they went to San Antonio and got the win. I also mentioned the 06-07 season when the Kings had problems getting to Denver on the second half yeah. of back-to-back, by the way. And they had to fly into Colorado Springs and then bus to Denver. They show up 90 minutes before the game. You know what they did? They went, they played their guys, and they won the game. Yeah. Well, and, and not only that, though, Deuce, and I brought this up a little bit yesterday, and I think some people – don't care, and I don't care about you then. But, like, you think about okay. WNBA players yeah. and just what they have to go through. They don't make any money, though. That's what all these people, trolls are going to say. They don't make any money, though. Whatever. That's not the point. They, they're they athletes. They're pro athletes, and they play through it. They sleep in an airport, and they play the game the next day. It doesn't get postponed. They do what they have to do because they're pros. They do it. And I just look at this, and it's like, it's just a whole bunch of like, oh, we've been spoiled for far yeah. too long that now we can push back on things because everyone wants to see us, so we have to do it the right way. The right way is to play the damn game because and, that's why you're getting paid millions. And it sucks. I'm not even disputing that it would have been challenging for Portland yesterday. Yeah. Like, dude, travel issues are terrible. I, I, I'm assuming a lot of people listening or watching us right now have been through travel issues where you're just like, this sucks. And then go play an NBA game. would Yeah, that's a lot. But you know what? So you just got to suck it up sometimes. You, you just got to go play. It's like it's not like this all the time. You're coming off the All-Star break. Go out there and play. So I, I just thought that was a really disappointing and, and a bad look for the Blazers last night, especially a team that's trying to win. I get right. I thought they were trying to get into the playoffs and they just punted last night. Um, going back to the Kings, though. It was great to see De'Aaron have a big night. Yeah. So bonus. We got to give this guy some love. Oh, my God. I was excited to talk about him. Triple double. Mm, no His big. seventh triple double this year, breaking the Kings franchise record. But it was probably like 11, 10, and like 12. Oh, right? no, no. Just oh, at 18, no, no. 18, and 10. 
You like that? <laughs> He's so good. He's so good, Deuce. And it's not – but now, look at those numbers, right? And you see like 18 rebounds. You see – you're impressive. But watch the game. It's how he's getting those numbers. You guys, we talked about how De'Aaron in this squad got a lot more physical – Sabonis was a huge part of that, too. Uh, he was setting the tone not only from beyond the arc with his dr- dribble handoffs and then, like, sending a guy to the floor with just being a brick wall, but then down low, battling through guys, going through their chest to not only make a bunny or to just get a rebound. It was incredible the way that he was just stepping up the physicality through this one. He ends up playing 31 minutes, by the way, the most of any starter, which is the great yep. news. Another great thing about last night after that slow start in the first quarter, they cleaned stuff up and they had everyone contribute. We got to talk about Terrence Davis in a bit and Malik Monk, but uh, Sabonis, were you a little concerned after that ugly start in the first quarter? Yeah, you know, um, me personally, I wasn't I wasn't worried. Um, we just came from the break, you know, been in the league eight years, seven years now and usually happens first couple of minutes you know uh we got we we got open looks we just missed you know and then that just led them in transition so um but we knew once once we got our wind under us you know got that touch back we were gonna be all right i love watching i watched that last night and he's just like smiling while I was saying it you know been in the league for a while now it's like sometimes you go through it and then sometimes you just push through it and it's like no suppose you And the rest of the squad have elevated your games to a whole nother level, though. When you face that adversity, it's not like you're scrambling back and you're making some fluky shots. It's they lock in mentally, physically, uh, as a team and find a way to push through to make sure to finish a game like that. Most triple doubles in a season in Sacramento history was seven. I mean, incredible. Stud. Just a stud. We'll talk more about this game, too. If you guys have thoughts, of course, drop them in the chat. We can talk about it. Uh, you can also pick up your phone. Hit us up. 1-800-920-1140. And talk to us, too. That's 1-800-920-1140-916-339-1140. It's Deuce and Mo on a Friday on Sacktown Sports. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. One of my favorite things about last night's Kings win, Morgan. What? Terrence Davis. TD. This guy was big again last night, coming off the Kings bench, and all of a sudden, looks like he is starting to stick in that rotation. Mike Brown's been hard on the guy. He wants um, him to play control. Doesn't want him to make mistakes, but he wants him to be himself out there. Last night, the guy comes off the bench. The bench was huge last night for Sacramento. He gave the Kings 20 points in 18 minutes, mm. but it was what he said post-game that kind of gave me chills. Oh, yeah. Okay. Here's what Terrence Davis <laughs> talked about what it would mean for the Kings to make the playoffs. It, uh, everything. You know, uh, I was just talking to some some of the some of my teammates and uh, some front office guys. This is, you know, Sacramento hasn't been in this position in, what, almost two decades, and the importance of these last 25 games is just you can't really put it into words, but going on, you know, walking on the court and knowing that you're in a position to do something that hasn't been done in, you know, almost two decades, that should that should light a fire in you. You know, uh, mm-hmm. for me, it's honestly, man, I was, I was on the All-Star break just thinking about it uh, while I was, you know, 
uh, somewhere else. I was just thinking about it and, you know, just you know, trying to put into perspective how important these last few games are. So it's, it's definitely major. This is something, you know, special for sure. Uh, we have, like I said, it's been almost two decades. So it's important, man. This is everything. That's not someone who's been in Sacramento for 10 years. Sounds like it's it been is. here a couple of years, man. Sounds and like And he it feels is. it. It's a big reason why this community loves this team this yep. year. It's of course they win. You're gonna love a team when they win. But dude, they, I think they, I think everyone here who plays on this team kind of understands like the relationship with the fan base. And one hundred for TD who came in when the team was bad, and of course during times when like uh, the audience was restricted, the capacity was restricted at the yeah. arena because of the pandemic. You didn't get to feel it. Now you walk in that building. There was 18,000 people at that game last night. It wasn't the loudest it's been because that game was kind of weird against Portland. Lacked kind of that star power. But I I, I just appreciate the fact that he was on this all-star break reflecting, going, I understand what this means. This fire is being lit underneath me because I want this, not only for us, but this city. Well, I kind of have another conspiracy theory. Oh, what? And this is our third. Yeah, it's it's Alex Jones coming in studio. (laughs) It's more of a theory, but um, yeah, not every theory has to be conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, so it's it's really more of a theory. theory. Um, When we have been talking about all week, Mike Brown talking about, hey, these guys are the hunted, and you know, there's a target on our back, and all these things. I was saying, mentioned this to you last night. I said, do you think Mike Brown said that more, whether he believes it or not, just to light the fire under the king's tushes, to motivate them in a different way? Like, everyone's looking at you, whether they are or not. It's like him saying that, making guys feel like this in the last 25 games of the season. And again, we want guys to feel like this on their own. This might be something that TD just feels on his own, but I'm going to tell you right now, Deuce, guys were not feeling this before with other coaches. Guys were not feeling this before with other teams. You never felt really inspired when someone said, I want to be a part of that team that breaks the playoff curse. It's like, no, you just want to do it to do it. Like, you don't understand why you want to do it. You don't understand the connection and the history. You can feel the connection and the passion with TD talking about it. And I feel like the whole team feels that way. Yeah, I feel like in the past, you know, because every player, I think, has been asked about that, I don't know, probably the last decade. Yeah. This playoff trials lasted a long time. So, and, you know, you hear the typical things. Yeah, I mean, of course, our goals make the playoffs, but, you know, we weren't here, blah, 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 blah. That's not us. But you get the sense that this year feels different, and they understand, like, okay, we got something here. We're building something. All guys kind of in the similar age range. Oh, man, I just, I'm nervous for yeah. tonight. What? Wait. Is that a all switch? that? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, because it is, it is such an important stretch here. And tonight, I just really want them to go in there and be competitive. What are you? 
going to do if the Kings make the playoffs? Like, if you're feeling this oh, way. I'm crying. Oh, you know, I feel like you're crying anytime we're on the show and there's a game that night. You're going to be like, oh, I just need the Kings to win tonight. Because this is a, just a, it, I know it's a Friday night game against the Clippers. And it shouldn't just say, it's just another Friday night game against the Clippers. Because it's not. You're no, right. It's, no. it's the debut of Russell Westbrook within this squad that is trying to to feel inspired, to find a way to push through, to become a contender mm-hmm. out of the Western Conference. That's what their goal is, and that's what a lot of people have said about this Clippers team to start the season. So, yeah, this is a big game because the Kings can't come out how they came out last night because if they did, good teams like this will shove them down. Yeah, I just, I really, and again, anything can happen. Yeah. I'm not saying the Kings can't win. Mm-hmm. I just, it's tough. They're a really challenging what, matchup. What, what are you trying to say? I feel like you're, you're feel, are you scared? A little bit. I'm a little scared. <laughs> I, I'm kind of pictured like what I could see happening like negatively. Because you know me, Chris Verlotta, I'm always glass half empty. Yeah. Morbid, yes. So I could see him doing like they did last night. Down forty six to nineteen in the first quarter, oh, no. and then just like fight the entire time, and then lose by you're like oh oh oh, and then lose by seven. It's just like ugh. and that's that's the worst. No, no yes. I think that I mean that would be terrible to have that type of start, but you just can't get destroyed tonight. You need to be competitive. Tonight is a, a statement Ooh. game for the Kings that they could make a statement. In my opinion, even if they lose, like. Hey, we're going to fight till the end. We're going to compete and we're going to go down swinging. We're not going to get punked tonight. You're not going to be more physical than us. You may be longer. You may play great defense, but we also have an explosive offense. There's going to be a lot of people that disagree with you on that because it's like, no, they have to win. I'm realistic. I'm with you completely. If they win tonight, that's huge. Crazy. I'm not predicting that. Huge. A couple of things. This Clippers team with Kawhi Leonard, especially lately, mm. they're legit. I mean, they're, they're 24 and 11 when he plays. And over his last 17 games, 27.6 points, six and a half boards, 4.2 assists. He's doing it on 51% shooting, 46% from three, and 92% from the free throw line. But then you have to factor in oh, he's also Kawhi Leonard defensively tonight that's what makes this Clippers team great they could switch and when the Kings have struggled against some of these elite teams remember that Boston Celtics game what do they do well they could switch they got multiple guys who could defend the Phoenix Suns did that earlier this season against the Sacramento Kings this team when they're locked in can really defend at a high level and make life challenging for a guy like De'Aaron Fox Fox may not I don't know maybe I'm wrong I I don't think Fox is going to be able to get his like he is used to. And that's where you have to fight through tonight. He's, the other thing is, Russ has destroyed the Kings this year. You, yeah, he all of a sudden shoots well from three-point land against the Kings. We know. We in know. three games against the Kings this year, oh, no. 21 points, 10 assists, 5 rebounds, 43% shooting, 47% from three, 8 of 17 from three against the Kings this his year. His favorite team to play. Step back. On the season, he shoots twenty nine percent from three. Oh dear God! Yeah, it's not. It's it's not. It's not going to be easy. But I still, I know you're going to hate that I say this. I still want to break down a lot of this coming up next.
That's fine. <laughs> We're going to. I And I'd love to hear from people, too. If you want to hit us up, one 800 920 How are you guys feeling about tonight's Kings-Clippers game? What are your expectations? We'll talk about that. Plus, Clippers, radio voice, and the broadcast and stud. Noah Eagle joins us live at noon. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. And local. It's Deuce and Mo. Watch the show now on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen for free on the Sacktown Sports app. Morgan just knows how to bring my high down. Why? I'm feeling good. Kings win. They play tonight. It's just like, I get it. All right. We're super open about things. You're cramping a lot today, right? Yeah. Menstruation. But like. Normalize a cycle, No, people. I do. But I feel like when you're on your cycle, I'm on it. Like, it's just. Oh. It impacts me. Like, oh. you're cramping. It's just oh. like, you're just like, eh, hunched over. I and I'm love... like, it takes away from what I'm trying to achieve. Love... Lately, he just hasn't been very oozy. Yeah. Yeah, no. This you, is... I mean, you look like you're in pain. How am I supposed to hang out with you and do a show when you're this like, is eh. This is great content coming from an adult man. No, please proceed. What What else? What, should, should, saying... I, should I just, like, not be here? I'm just saying, like, I don't... Th- yeah, yeah, Chris, no. What would you like? I'm gonna. I'm. I'm talking to Chris for a second. <laughs> Chris. So, so then I get the blame. Imagine, no. Imagine if like De'Aaron Fox was trying to play with Sabonis, and Sabonis during the whole game since he got hurt was just grabbed his hand, just like my hand hurts, my hand hurts. It's like look. I would think D. Fox would be like, "Bro, I got you. Yeah, let's go. I'm. I got Wait. you. I'm. I'm putting you on my back, and I'm taking care of it. I can't put her on my back because she's like. <laughs> I thought he was going to say because I'm like a billion pounds. (laughs) I was just waiting for it. Dude, like, you realize when that happens, it's like your body is being like, hey, um, do you want, uh, I want to act like I'm creating a baby. And like, you think about women and like athletes that play through this stuff. And then on top of all that, that play pregnant you know i mean wmba players last year like we found out we're playing pregnant through a championship game no, no, that's, it's that's incredible crazy. That's what crazy. women can do so please oh, I'm if i'm it. having a few cramps there's no heating pad around maybe like this place can provide a heating pad and some mydol that would be great you know uh, cramping sucks I, thank I, I, some, you there's been there's one, one one day like a couple weeks ago and this is the worst i'm in bed i'm waking up in the morning and you wake up to a cramp in your calf and i'm just a little different oh. but yeah sure Oh, it's a little different. I would say it's probably more painful. <laughs> Need to get some more uh, potassium in your system. Chris, I asked, I asked Morgan this the last last month. I said, you would think at some point, at some point. You just want to use this line. At some point, after all these years, think about how many months. Yeah, yeah. At some point. Probably you'd since be like, you're like thir- 12, 13. You, you get used to it. Yeah. You know? Like, it's like, all right. You like that line, Chris? Chris? Any thoughts on this? I don't. I don't like that one. <laughs> this isn't fun anymore. Oh God! <laughs> Jamar says, "When you take that morning stretch and get that cramp in your leg, be having you pray to God." <laughs> no, it's true. I'm not religious, but somehow in that moment, I am like deeply religious. I'm like, "What are we doing here?" Someone just said, "Cramping the toe is the worst." Oh, I've never had a cramp in my toe. Yeah, I don't. What is that? Like. Yeah, what does that feel like? It, 
I've had it. You've never had your foot cramp before? Like, I've had my foot cramp, but yeah, not Yeah, but not toe. my toe. Oh, God. I don't want to. It just brings back so... But, hey, appreciate you playing hurt. They, I wasn't even... I'm fine. I wasn't even talking about it. I'm just like, ah, battling through. Let's go. I'm like Sabonis with a broken thumb. See how this happened, Chris? I motivated her just now. <laughs> Thank you, Daddy Deuce. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> You're the worst. Appreciate you guys hanging out oh, with and us. Oh, guess what? Nate loves that sounder. Oh, I'm glad he... Hey, of course he, he, he does. Of course I had last night in Stockton. Hey, it's Juice Mason. It's Morgan Reagan. We're here 11 to 2, Monday through Friday right here on Sacktown Sports. If you're driving around right now, appreciate you listening. You should also, when you get home or if you're on your phone, you're hanging out in the office, go to YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140 because we have the live stream up. We have a chat that's going. The chat is amazing. You can chat with other fans, just hang out, have a good time. If you're there in the chat right now, make sure to hit the thumbs up button. It just helps the channel grow. Uh, I mentioned this. We got Noah Eagle coming up to talk Kings and Clippers tonight, a big-time game. Uh, last night, though, the Grizzlies were in Philly. They had a lead late. The Sixers come back and win the game. I'm mentioning this because... <sighs> We're so much, we're talking so much about like the fact that the Clippers are a game and a half behind Sacramento headed into tonight's game. Yeah. You realize now the the Grizzlies only have a two game lead on the Kings for the number two seed. All of a sudden the number two seed is in reach. Do you realize what the Grizzlies are doing right now? What are the Grizzlies doing right now? Since January twentieth. Yeah. They're four and ten. Oh. Oh. How long has Steven Adams been out? Great question. Since January twenty third. Oh. They're four and eight without him. Uh, during this fourteen game stretch, by the way, they're twenty sixth in offensive rating. Their next two games, their home games against Denver and the Lakers. So wow. this is you know like Denver is starting to separate themselves in the West at the number one spot, but that gap now everyone's been focused on the number three seed. I think the other teams are going. Man, this number two seed could be in reach. Yep. Uh, I also want to mention this. We had peak Kevin Harlan last night on the TNT broadcast. Listen to the end of the game here. Kevin Harlan on the call for Sixers Grizzlies. Sixers end up taking the lead. God, I love Kevin Harlan. Big saving it, not crossing midcourt. In the corner for the lead. Harris! Harris! And a thicket of defenders. No! Loose! Diving! Collision! Harden! And I love that! It can bring a tear. No color analyst cutting in there, allowed, no. allowing the 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 fans to be a part of it. Harlan, I with the most energy. The, to appreciate what he did, okay? How many wars did he say during that stretch? Seven? Moran into a thicket of defenders. Ball loose on the ground to Embiid. He didn't say Embiid with the kills. Embiid. Ah! Fe- oh! You felt the emotion. That's how you do He's it. He's an artist. He's an artist. Oh, man. It's beautiful. Mwah. Kevin Harlan, I love you. Embiid last night, by the way, had 27 points, oh. 19 rebounds, six assists. In six blocks. 
He said after the game, for me, like I always say, defense is more important for me than offense. Even tonight, I could not make any shots, especially the ones I usually make. But defensively, I thought I had to be Bill Russell tonight to be able to kind of balance it out. Okay. I love love Joel Embiid. And I think there's times, and I mean, I've been a part of it too, where I get down on him. I get frustrated, um, especially when he goes down on the ground and then he's out of like the next few possessions. Or you know what I mean? But truly, you feel his passion for the game, and that's mm-hmm. what I truly love about him. Love, and he's great. I mean, the other night he's after the All Star game, Michael Malone, who called it like one of the worst games he's ever watched, was highlighting how hard Embiid was playing and how Embiid was trying to implore the rest of the guys to play defense. It didn't yeah. work too well. But, yeah, I mean, I think Embiid's trying to make a push here to be in that MVP conversation. I mean, I mean, he's in it. He's been the runner-up the last couple of years. Jokic winning. And, I don't know, I, I felt like when we were getting to the MVP talk, I thought, like, Jokic was – there's no chance Jokic was going to win three in a row. You know, there's that voter fatigue that uh-huh. comes with it. But it almost seems like the opposite. Like, they want to give him it for a third year in a row. I'll just say this. Embiid's been awesome. So was Jokic when they went head-to-head, and Embiid was unbelievable. And then you see last night against a good Grizzlies team. Embiid turned it on mm-hmm. on purpose, though, when it came to playing against Jokic because he knew what was at stake. He knew what people, voters, were looking at. And I love that about him, too, right? It's not, not to say that he's not turning on the other games, but it's like he knew what he needed to do in that game. And Jokic is just... So consistent, so himself. It doesn't matter when it is. Hey, Morgan, you know what's coming up next? What's coming up next? Uh, The Kings play their next biggest game of the year. Mm -hmm. Tonight in Los Angeles. It's Kings and Clippers. And coming up next on the Folsom Lake Honda Hotline. Yep. Folsom Lake Honda. Your one-stop Honda shop. Noah Eagle Clippers radio voice will be joining yeah. us live. He's one of the best in the business. I call him a rising star. No, he's already a star. He's 25 years old. He's, so he's a stud and a half. He'll get us ready for Kings and Clippers. It's Deuce and Mo on Sackdown Sports. And Mo. Deuce and Mo. Sacktown Sports. Oh, yes. A big time battle tonight. Kings, Clippers in Los Angeles. A second half back to back for a Kings team trying to hang tight in the Western Conference, holding on to that number three spot, but right behind him, creeping up from behind the Los Angeles Clippers who have been clicking uh, recently. Kawhi Leonard playing at a high level. Let's not waste any more time. Let's bring on an absolute stud. Morgan, this is one of our favorite people. One of our favorites. Um, he is a superstar. Yes. And I'm sure he's going to love these compliments. You know, you yeah, just yeah. love when people pump you up. Let's, Let's see. keep going. Uh, obviously, the Clippers radio play-by-play voice. Uh-huh. Part of Big Ten Saturday night. He's on the NFL on Fox. He's on the NFL on Nickelodeon. He is a stud and a half superstar mm. in the building. Let's welcome him in. Noah Eagle. What's yeah. up, Noah? Yeah. 
Guys, guys, I really, I woke up in a fog this morning. I really wasn't sure I was going to get through a rainy day in Los Angeles. And then you said the Clippers are creeping and so am I. I'm just happy to be here. And now I'm ready to run through a wall. So let's do it. Dude. Let's get into it. I, I feel official now. I'm on the show. This is big. Dude, <sighs> I appreciate you joining us, yeah. man. Um, I, we do want to get into the game. I do have to ask you a couple of questions, though. When did you know you wanted to get into play-by-play? Obviously, your dad is amazing. He's a great play-by-play guy, too. Did you know, like, when you're, like, three months old that you wanted to do this? <laughs> I was actually created in a lab. Yeah. Al Michaels was overseeing some weird <laughs> process, and they, they took some DNA from my dad, plopped it in, and combined it with uh, Spiroditas. And so what? we're a weird amalgam of people. <laughs> no, I, I think that it's funny because most people just expect that I wanted to do this real, real young. But when I was a kid like six, seven years old, or maybe even older, maybe yesterday, I told people when they asked, I'd look them in the eye and say, I want to be a TV dentist, which I think what? I invented in my head. <laughs> what you know, is that? I, it was, I, I think it was like Dr. Phil combined with like filling a molar or, or putting in a crown, <laughs> no. which I realized nobody wants to sit at home on a Wednesday afternoon and watch that. Or you maybe know, you do. Honestly, I mean, think we have Dr. Pimple Popper. Like, you could still do That's this. I mean, saying. you could still do play-by-play and do this TV dentist. Thing. No, I, please, I like that. please stick to this, okay. please. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, maybe I just had a real real thing for Chip Skylark from Fairly Odd Parents <laughs> and his shiny teeth. I don't know, but... <laughs> Eventually, I made the made the switch. I would say I was about 13 or so, and from 13 years old and until now, I've been kind of full steam ahead. God, Noah, I mean, you're just – you are so good at what you do. We have enjoyed listening, watching you. What's your favorite part about calling a game? Well, you guys know the feeling is mutual. I always love seeing you guys, especially after a win. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing better in terms of energy, excitement, enthusiasm, and everything in between. In terms of calling a game, you know, I think that for all of us, the reason that we get into this is because there's a cap or a limit on what our own abilities on the court or the field or whatever playing surface it might be is. And so for me, knowing that I'd cap out on 5'8 on a good day, maybe, if I'm really you know stretching out, and with limited athletic ability, just being there is really the reason that I wanted to continue to be around. And so my favorite part is actually being in the environment. And then calling the game itself is challenging myself. I like to see how, how many different uses of words or verbs or adjectives that I can come up with. How creative can I get? How much uniqueness can I bring to a broadcast that someone who's maybe listening in the car has to say to themselves, did he really just say that? Or as John Stark said in the Reggie Miller 30 for 30, did this dude just did this? That's kind of where I'm trying to get. <laughs> How much feedback does your dad, I mean, I'm sure he gave you a lot early on, but does he like still give you feedback? Will he like, hey, I was listening. What was this? Or what's your kind of relationship going back and forth? Because I mean, obviously you're doing this at a professional level now. Yeah, Deuce, I mean, it, it's kind of how you would expect. I think it's it's no different than any other mentor-mentee type relationship where early it's a lot of back and forth. Early it's a lot of questions on my part of how can I get better at framing this or what should I be doing in my preparation process that maybe I wasn't doing before. And then I think naturally anybody who does something a lot, and that's really what I always tell anybody who asks how to get good at this, is it's no different than playing the piano or becoming a great free throw shooter got to do it you got to do it a lot you got to pour a lot of time and blood sweat and tears into it there's no real secret formula outside of that but I think 
as time grows, you know, I have less questions and I just kind of go out on my own. And he's real good about understanding that I need to quote unquote spread my own eagle wings <laughs> and do it myself in a lot of ways. But at the same time, I know he's always there. And if, if he hears something, he's not shy about saying it and being very blunt about it. So I've got some thick skin. So you got the Clippers gig, I believe, when you were 22. Was that overwhelming at first? To, I mean, obviously, it's exciting. You're, you're working for an NBA team. But what was that like process like? Did it feel like a lot at the time? It was definitely different. It was a, a little bit of a, an adjustment. Because most teams you go to in the NBA, especially now, they're going to have a lot of guys who are 22, maybe even younger. But I was pretty much the young. I think the only player who was younger than me was Avica Zubac, and it was only by a couple months. I think everybody else on the team was pretty veteran status. Even our young guys like Terrence Mann were a couple months older than me. And so I got there, and I, I was expecting like this camaraderie of, of maybe youth, and it wasn't necessarily there. But I was always an old soul, always considered myself an old soul. Like I was the kid going home and watching Family Matters for no reason. <laughs> Or I'll go even like different strokes. I was watching at a pretty young age, you know, because that's the type of person I was. So call me what you want, TV, dentist, or broadcaster. I knew I'd be able to relate to to pretty much anybody. Okay. Now I need to know before we get into Kings Clippers, is there anything else that you just – you have a, a hobby or something else that you're doing when you're not watching games, when you're not calling games? Because I feel like a lot of us in this world, when we're passionate about the sport that we are calling or m- many sports that we are calling. It's like, we are watching so many broadcasts, listening to so many podcasts. There's not even time for other things, but what, what is it for you that you do? Yeah, no, Morgan, I do think it's important to, to be well-rounded. And so I love TV, music, movies, memes, as you guys know, <laughs> sharing memes, finding other memes, new memes, old memes, memes of all sorts, ultra memeing. Uh, but I do love, TV, movies of all varieties. I try to, to keep up with every show that's happening, which is hard during the season especially. But I, I do my best to, to stay current. And definitely music-wise, I'm always listening to whatever's new, staying up to date with that. Movies-wise, I try to, you know, we got the Oscars coming up in the next couple of weeks. I'm trying to, to check up all the Oscar-nominated either movies or performances. Yeah. So I just watched the Elvis movie the other day. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I definitely am I'm all in on that type of stuff. And then hanging out. The normal. I'm a normal guy. You're At least so I normal. tell you I'm a normal guy <laughs> yeah. until you actually meet me. Dude, I feel like your dad does a lot of that stuff because he uh, he drops references in his calls, too. I'm like, okay. He's yeah. keeping up here. Yeah. No, he knows. It's yeah. not fake either. No. It's not fake. Although there were there have been times where sometimes he'll, he'll have to come to me and ask me, what's the deal with this guy? And then I give him the lowdown, and now he's all in. Now it's like hitting the ground running. But he's had moments where maybe he's been in the car with some analysts. I remember a story he had where he was driving from one game to another with Greg Anthony where they had, like, back-to-back games they had to go, and they're listening to music. And I think uh, a One Direction song came on, and my dad started singing along, and Greg looked at him like, this isn't going to fly. We're going to have to move on. And so he put on Drake. He goes, all right, I like this. This is fine. So he can he can hang yeah. in all sorts of genres. That's amazing. We get Kings and Clippers tonight. Really excited about this game. I'm curious from your perspective. I know you got a lot going on, but I don't know what your impressions of what the Kings have been able to do this season right now at the number three spot in the West. 
Deuce, I, I don't know if you remember our conversation from last year before the, the game in Sacramento where I was like, I don't know. I kind of feel like this could be the year. I've always been a huge fan of De'Aaron Fox. I loved Halliburton at the time. And, I mean, I know you guys have probably talked about it a lot. And I know I talked to the guys in Indiana about it. But is that like the most fair trade in NBA history? Yes. I mean, it's, it's actually crazy, right? As of right now, Noah, it feels like absolutely yes, it is. I think sometimes – for us in Sacramento, we still look at it and go, okay, down the line, though, if Tyrese Halliburton is, you know, becomes something that's even better than, you know, what he's showing he can be right now, it's just scary when you think about giving up that player. But for what it's getting right now in Sacramento, what we need, and to stop and end the playoff drought, yes, it's yeah. feeling very equal. And it also what Sabonis has done is he's made De'Aaron better. Yes. Just like on and off the court, the leadership. So, yeah, it's crazy to think that way. Usually there's a winner and a loser when it comes to a trade. Mm-hmm. And you're going, wait, both these teams look like they're heading in a pretty good Got direction. Better. Yeah, no, I really liked what I've seen. I think Sabonis just continues to be so solid. You know exactly what you're going to get out of him pretty much night in and night out with the occasional sprinkle triple-double like last night. Fox, I said going into that draft, that was the dude, you know, it was always the the Lonzo Ball, the Aaron Fox conversation. I always loved Fox. I just thought he was a gamer. If you watched him at Kentucky, you knew he was going to come night in and night out. He was just going to continue to to do everything he could in every ounce and shred of his being to, to find a way to get a win. I love Kevin Herter. And I will say the X factor to me, and finally, people are starting to see it. But I think he has a personal vendetta against me. And maybe this is just my <laughs> ego getting away. But but Terrence Davis has to hate Noah Eagle. I mean, it's happening now time and time again where his coming out party in college was against Syracuse in the NIT. Ooh. And that was my sophomore year at Syracuse. And that team came into that season ranked, I think, top 15, coming off a Final Four appearance. And they had a disappointing year. But they were the top team in the NIT. They should have rolled through that tournament. And Terrence Davis came into the Carrier Dome and just lit them on fire. He had 30 points in the game. He hadn't had a scoring outburst like that at all at Ole Miss before that. And then sure enough, every time he plays the Clippers, I feel like he's trying to absolutely end their (laughs) franchise. I don't know what he has against Noah Eagle, but if you guys could ask him, like, hey, you know, our friend, our buddy, he's got some issues. Maybe just go easy on him every once in a while. So I'm, I'm a little worried that he's going to go for like a 45 piece tonight but other than that it'll be a fun game by the way you say you're worried you're not worried i, I feel like you know <laughs> the, the clipper second i have a back-to-back the west the addition of westbrook i do think you know he's gotten a lot of crap obviously with the lakers run but i feel like he got too much of it i feel like in this environment he feels wanted i think ty Lu is such a great coach i actually think the westbrook addition can help this team well, you mentioned the key to me, and that's T. Lou. You know, I think you guys have seen what Mike Brown can do in terms of giving players confidence. We've seen Teron Lou do it time and time again. Now in his third year with the team, I can go down a long list of players that have come in and were down on their luck and then have turned it around in many ways. You know, Terrence Mann was with the team and barely played as a rookie, just didn't have that level of confidence that he needed. And then he came in and scored 39 points game six against Utah because – T. Lou kept you know, propping him up or putting him up on a pedestal that he needed to get to. Same with Reggie Jackson. Same with Nick Batum. Same with Amir Coffey last year. Brandon Boston at times. He just he has this way about him of, of getting players to buy in and, and more, more impressively, I think, 
giving them the confidence they need to play to their fullest potential. So if anybody can can un- find the untapped potential or uh, create a different role or whatever it might be, I think it's Teron Lou. But I think that Russ is going to help with a lot of what the Clippers still lack, which is rim, pr- rim pressure, uh, pace, getting out in the open floor, creating fast break opportunities. They're one of the slowest teams in the NBA, and they really have been the last three years. So to have somebody that can rip down a rebound and take it coast to coast and find open shooters is going to be a welcome sight. And that's scary. Think about possibly adding that missing piece, having Ty Lue, you know, bring him, elevate his game to another level, especially while Kawhi Leonard seems to be playing in a really good rhythm right now. Would you say he looks just healthy and um, back to old Kawhi Leonard? Yeah, he's certainly showing a lot more glimpses of it. In January, he put together one of the best months of basketball that I've seen. He averaged 28 points. He was shooting like 55% from three. It wasn't even just from the floor. I think he was shooting almost 60% from the floor. And he was postering guys. Like To me, that's the clear sign of when Kawhi is feeling like himself is when he's willing and able to attack the rim, but do it with the intention of, oh, I'm going to put this on your head. Yeah. Not the intention of, oh, let me find a way. No, no, no. This one's going directly on your noggin. And we've seen that a couple times, especially against San Antonio at a couple just emphatic, emphatic slams. And so it's still a process for him. If there's anybody who's going to take it day by day and meticulously pick it apart, it's him. But I think he knows that he's gearing himself up for April and beyond. And we're just starting to see the beginning stages of that, which is exciting. So, yeah, he's he's got some moments where you're, you're looking at and you're saying – this dude's still a top five player in the world, and that should be scary for the rest of the league. Yeah. I mean, it just looks like with the moves they made at the deadline, too. I mean, we talk about Westbrook, but adding Plumley, adding Bones Highland, adding Eric Gordon, their depth is just insane. I just think they've got a really versatile team. That's why I think it's a tough matchup for Sacramento tonight. One, yes, I can have it back-to-back, but just their ability to switch, their ability to defend at a high level. You, you could. This is why people think that this could be a championship contender. Yeah, there, there's no doubt that the ceiling should be a championship for this team. I will say this about tonight's matchup, though, guys. No Vita Zubats for the Clippers, and we know that Sabonis can certainly do some damage. Mason Plumley has struggled in foul trouble since he's gotten here in the first two games he's played. Now, he's been stupendous. He has not missed a shot from the floor in those two games. He has not missed a lefty free throw either, which has wow. been my favorite thing to watch now that he's on the Clippers. It was infuriating that he was making all these lefty (laughs) jump shots and free throws before he's on your team. And now he's there and you're like, that's my guy. I like that. I like the lefty delivery, but uh, they're going to need him to play huge. They don't really have another option at that center spot. Musa Diabate is a rookie on a two-way contract uh, as a second round pick. So he's, he's been solid in spot moments, but if Sabonis has his way, the Clippers could be in trouble. However, if Sabonis is neutralized and they can play more of a, a spread offense, five out, it could be trouble then for the Sacramento defense. Yeah, and that's one one of my fears, though. You know, obviously the Kings, they rely so much on their offense. And I think about the Clippers, even without Zubots in the middle, you still have guys that aren't going to allow De'Aaron Fox to get to his spots. And that's what has made their offense so special as of late. I mean, him and then obviously Sabonis and the dribble handoff and um, getting to his spot at the high post or wherever he wants to be right in that area. So I I would say I fear the Clippers defense um, in the way that they can alter this Kings offense. Do you think that's something that is going to be going on tonight? 
Yes and no. So the Clippers defensively were top five for a lot of the season, top 10, certainly in defensive rating for almost the entire season. They've dipped all the way down to 11. And the reason is their offense has been so good that their defense has fallen a little bit by the wayside. If you look at the last month or so, their offense has been one of the best in the NBA. And certainly in these two games since the trade deadline, they have been the best in the NBA. They've been unstoppable on the offensive end. But defensively, they haven't been as good as they want to be at the point of attack. That's something that Teron Lewis really talked about a lot and stressed to his players of you got to keep that man in front. And so there's nobody, I think, more dangerous in terms of speed right now with the basketball than De'Aaron Fox. So it's going to be a good test in his first game in a Clipper uniform for Russell Westbrook. Can he stay in front of De'Aaron Fox? It's a good test for Eric Gordon, who has proven that he's locked in defensively in his first two games, had two big steals against the Suns, two big steals against the Warriors to basically seal those games before the the All-Star break. It's going to be a good test for someone like Norman Powell, who through most of his career has been a very good defender, but has struggled at times this year and would be the first to tell you that and the first to tell you that he needs to get better. So I'll be curious, you know, first game back from the All-Star break for these guys after a week plus off, they played more games than anybody in the NBA for the second straight year, guys. Mm. I, this to me was a crazy stat. Second straight year that the Clippers have played an NBA record 61 games before the All-Star oh. break. So they only have 21 games left, the home stretch. So we'll see if they lock in. I also love that Noah mentioned that the Clippers have dipped to 11th defensively. When he said that, I was like, oh, oh that's uh, so cute, Noah. Noah. Noah, if the Kings were 11th defensively, we might have a parade, parade. down J Street. We'd oh. like, yeah, let's go to 11th. If, we get to, if the Kings get to 18th, we're like, all right, let's go. I don't know if they'll slow down De'Aaron. They're in 11th. Okay, <laughs> Noah. Yeah, listen, listen. Here's here's the thing, though. But the Kings are averaging 119.7 yeah, yeah. points per game. That's, that's by far number one in the league. I don't want to hear about your defensive rating if you're scoring at that that clip because guess what that means all your games are incredibly exciting you don't have any 98 95 final scores all right great you don't have to worry about the sub 100 games hey how much time have you spent around steve ballmer because i i just watched him from far and watching him during a game that guy's pure entertainment he's so energetic have you spent a lot of time around him is he like just is he that way all the time he is 100 percent. so i interviewed with him for the job oh my god you're 22 interviewing him oh my god Yes, one-on-one, me and him, mano-a-mano in a room, 90 minutes, just back and forth. And it was awesome. I mean, he is the guy who's the smartest guy in the room, but you would never know it. He's the multi-multi-hundred billionaire that if you didn't know who he was, you'd be like, oh, wow, he lives in a nice house, and that's (laughs) it. Like, he's not even all that crazy. He still drives Ford cars because his dad worked at the Ford plant his entire life. You know, he's loyal. He, he, I don't even know where he gets those button-down shirts, but if he got them at Nordstrom Rack, it wouldn't shock me. Like, that's the type of guy he is. And I remember my, my favorite part of the interview was towards the end, you know, you always get asked, do you have any questions for me? And I said, well, yeah, well, what are you looking for in a broadcaster? And he goes, someone who's hardcore. I'm like, ah, yeah, that, I can be hardcore. That was a great bomber, dude. You've got a bomber imprint? Are you kidding Got to. You got to. Listen, impressions are important. Earlier, I was talking to some some kids and, and telling them this Mike Tyson story about how he was watching Friends. And then I just go, oh, Ruloff, Ruloff. And they lost it. They lost their mind. So I'm, I'm having a good impression. Dude, no, oh, I, you're, you're amazing. Um, I know the next time you come to Sacramento, I think is late March, but you play the Warriors 
the night before. I was already looking because it's like, oh, we got to take Noah out. We, but... We've been wanting to take you out yeah. to dinner for a long time, Noah. Yeah. One of these this days. This is long overdue. The, the real question is, when are you guys taking the show on the road to L.A.? Ooh. And we can really do it up. Yeah, Ooh. that's a good point. Maybe maybe for the playoffs. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. I like it. I like it. I feel it's destiny, right? It's destiny that this is happening. We've got the West Coast battle coming up in the playoffs. Come on, guys. Will it? I yeah, need it. I'm scared Will of that, it. though. I'm scared of that. I know. Um, Noah, thank you so much for the time, man. We'll do this again soon. Appreciate you so much. And obviously, you're amazing. We love you, man. Thanks, Noah. Guys, this was an honor. Thanks for having me. It's the one and only. Noah Eagle. Yeah. Dude, he's so good. No, he's so good. Even his impressions. Even his impressions. Like, everything about him. I Like, he probably crushed that 90-minute interview in a room with Steve Ballmer. Because he can just, like, he can just go. That but- Imagine that. It's like, yeah, you got an interview for the Clippers job, which is already kind of overwhelming. And, like, yeah, you have to sit down with uh, Steve Ballmer. Oh, man. 90 minutes. You have to talk to a certified insane person for 90 minutes <laughs> and hope they give you a job. Uh, and yes. for those who don't know Noah, like he does the Clippers, but he's, I mean, he does tennis. He does NFL games for Fox. He does yeah. a Nickelodeon game, which he's really good at. Yeah. Like, you know, they, you've seen a Nickelodeon oh, game. Yeah. Oh, Girls. yeah. He's so good at the, I mean, he did a Niners game this yeah. year. And then he did a Nickelodeon game like later on. College in, football. Yep. I was watching him do a USC game. He does college basketball. It's honestly, as someone who does play-by-play, just basketball, yeah. it's disgusting how talented he is. I agree. Is. And it's then disgusting. when he's sort of like, oh, and then like I'm trying to catch up on TV and movies and stuff like that. Like, Where do you get the time for that? You, you know Seriously. What's, what's annoying about him? What? Yeah. Te- let's talk bad what's now. Annoying? Yeah. He's a, he's a nice guy, too. Yeah. He's the nicest guy. Oh. And he's so funny. Oh, I hate him. <laughs> We appreciate him stopping by today. All right. We got a lot more to get to. Of course, he joined us on the Folsom Lake Honda hotline, Morgan. Folsom Lake Honda. Your one-stop Honda shop. Appreciate Better? that. Yeah, that was, it was okay. That was okay. okay. Uh, we've got the Kings Roundtable coming up at 1. Don't go anywhere. We're always live on YouTube.com slash Sports 1140 And Mo. Deuce and Mo. Town Sports. You're damn right. Damn Deuce right. Mason. Morgan Reagan. Christopher Lodd, baby. Baby. On Monday through Friday, 11 to 2 p.m. Happy Friday to all of you out there. Kings and Clippers tonight. Shout out to our guy Noah Eagle who joined us last segment. You can listen or watch that later on SacktownSports.com or our YouTube page. YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. We Kings and Clippers tonight. Huge game. Huge game. It's going to be a big-time test, and the Kings are coming off a really nice win last night. Did we miss anything about last night's game? Oh, we did. I'm going to answer my own question. Yep, okay. I know Keegan only had 10 points last night. Love that guy. He showed me a little something last night. Yeah, he did. He had that one little behind-the-back dribble, step back, create your shot, boom, bucket. That was nice. He played some nice defense. A couple times he was switched out on shade and sharp. Yep. Super athletic, young guy, 19 years old, who you could see he's got some, he's got potential to be something for sure. But Keegan did a nice job there. He had some nice help defense in the game. I love, I love what we see from Keegan as a rookie. Um, 
I don't get caught up in, oh, but she's an older rookie. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, look at his size. Look at his skill set. Look at his mentality. Um, his, his coachability. Everything about him is absolutely what you want in a young player and in a young player in this modern day NBA. My favorite thing is his size and his ability to shoot from deep, right? Yeah, and if he can put the ball on the floor and then create space like he did with that play last night, you start seeing the potential of, oh my God, this guy could be really special. If this Kings team is going to take another leap, you're always talking about, all right, how do you get that other guy on the team? You got to have stars. You got to have stars. Well, maybe it's the guy that's already here the rookie who's going to continue to develop. And he's shown he's coachable. He's shown flashes. You mentioned the shooting at his size. Oof. One of my favorite, it wasn't technically a highlight, I guess. Okay. But when Sabonis was bringing the ball down floor, went behind the back with a dribble, thought he was going to lose control, and then he whips a behind-the-back oh. pass immediately to Keegan Murray, who missed a three. The timing, the feel mm. of it. It was so beautiful, not only for Keegan to be in the right spot at the right time, um, but Sabonis, the way he dribbles sometimes, it's just with— Scares the, the hell out of me. It's No. Sometimes well, it does. Some, sometimes, but most times, he figures it out, dribbles with authority, no, has such a good feel of his handles. So when he had that behind-the-back uh, dribble and then behind-the-back pass back to Keegan, it was— he knew exactly what he was doing. It wasn't fluky. It wasn't like a big just being like, whoa, whoa, Los luckily get this here. Uh, I That's hate those moments. That's what bigs do sometimes. Whoa, you, you see know some bigs in a leader. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And it like yeah. somehow gets to the next person. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it's incredible watching Domas Sabonis right now, especially last night, like we kind of talked about early on, his intensity, his physicality that he brought last night. Anytime he had a dribble handoff and how he would like seek out the guy that was uh, defending the person that was taking the dribble handoff from him, it was just a quick feet set, boom, brick wall. I don't know. Maybe I'm making too much of this, but like, do you think that type of stuff, especially when your best player is playing that hard all the time, playing injured, I have to imagine it fires up the rest of the team because Fox is playing more physical than he has ever played on both ends. Like, I mean, playing some bully ball last night. Deuce, when you set a standard, it doesn't matter if it's in with a basketball team, if it's within a classroom. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter where it is. In, in media, mm-hmm. if you set a standard, people will follow. People will will be inspired, and especially when it's your teammates, people will get a little competitive fire under them, too, and go, oh, if he's, I'm going to play. If he's doing that, I'm going to do that. You know, like, if he's doing that to get NBA minutes or to be in the rotation, I'm going to do the same thing. You feel that from your guys, and I love how this team is really following one another. It's one thing to do it against the shorthanded Blazers. Now you got the Clippers. It's a big test. I don't know. It is. I I, I don't know, and I'm not trying to be Deucey Downer here about this team because I'm more than satisfied with how the Kings have played this year. Yeah. I see the big picture. I think I see what they're building. It seems like they can make this sustainable, especially as Keegan continues to grow. The level that Fox is playing at, bonus, a lot of guys at similar ages. But I just look at this matchup and go, man. I don't feel good about it. Like, this is 
one of the teams I don't want the Kings to see in the playoffs. I I know no Eagles like oh we come down here when they're playing. I'm like I don't want to see you guys in the first. No, round. that's the that's one time like, I don't want to see your face. It's probably it could be four or five games, and yes. I don't want that. I want this team to have a chance to get out of the first round. I'm not trying to say I I want to dodge that, but my, my point is, I just think it's a really tough matchup tonight, and I'm I don't know how the Kings are going to handle it. It doesn't mean I don't think they can. I just they got to prove it. And it's been a while since – I mean, the one game that kind of felt like a playoff game recently was that Saturday night game against Dallas on the second night of a back-to-back when Luka and Kyrie played. Incredible. And it felt – It, it felt- did. But this Clippers team defends, you know, and I just feel like a team that defends and plays physical. Deuce. Noah's over here saying they dropped to 11th in defensive rating. They're still really good. Not only do they defend and have high-quality individual defenders in Kawhi Leonard, uh, big – Gets his hands in passing lanes. Obviously, Paul George, we know what he can do as a two-way player. But you look at Kawhi Leonard, in his last 17 games, he's averaging 27.6 points, 6.5 rebounds, 4.2 assists. And I know you mentioned some of these numbers. in 1.9 steals. So almost two steals per game. Like, that alone, with this Kings offense, you saw their sloppiness at times last night. I mean, what, they finished with 18 turnovers in the game. Um, some of them unforced, some of them sloppy, but at times just some of them just lazy moments. You cannot have any of those letdown moments against a locked-in Clippers defense. I don't care if they're 11. One of my Kawhi Leonard moments that I'll never forget is when he took the ball from Ben McLemore twice in a row. Remember? I think it was Ben's rookie year. And it was like, it was one of those moments where I'm showing it to Morgan right now. Kawhi just like rips the ball away, (laughs) takes it all the way and one. And then the next play down, he steals it again. And I mean, he just was like, I am better than you. I'm ripping it away. And then he took it on him again and got fouled. It was disgusting. Better than you. And you know, if I'm, if I'm Mike Brown. Yeah. No, what I say, my edges. What? I go to my guy, TD, and I say, listen, TD, I was listening to Deuce and Mo earlier <laughs> and Noah Eagle on. He was talking mad trash. Yes. He says, you've got nothing. You're not going to do anything in L.A. Yeah, you've had a couple good games. You're getting zero tonight. I love this idea. Someone clip it, pass it along to TD, and let's get him a 50-point game tonight, baby. Let's go. I, I want to look back and at... Uh, Terrence Davis's career. I'm looking this year. He didn't have big numbers against the Clippers. Um, wow. Last year in two games against the Clippers, 25 points a game. In those two games. That's pretty good. Oh, that's really? pretty amazing. Okay. Yeah, not much this year. Anyway, we'll talk more about the game coming up next. Plus, some NBA players had some things to say about what they would change about the NBA. Ooh. And we got story time with Chris Verlod, baby. baby. Plus a Kings round table with Chris Watkins and Frankie Cardicelli. That's coming up at one right here on Sacktown Sports. On Sacktown Sports. Yes. Kings, Clippers tonight, Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan. We have story time with Chris for a lot coming up in a few. Hell yeah, we do. We also have the Kings round table starting at one from one to two. We'll have me, Morgan, Frankie Cardicelli, and Chris Watkins in studio talking Kings. Oh, yeah. 
from one to two. Then you got Kettles and Rami taking you all the way up to game night. And then we got Kings basketball. I keep forgetting there's a Kings game yeah, tonight that to we keep talking about. Yes. <laughs> uh, Morgan, uh, I was mentioning this. I, I was looking at the athletic today and they asked players at All-Star Weekend what they would change with the NBA. And actually, Fox and Herter had answers. Oh, what would they change? Herter says, yeah, it's a really good question. I think the league has implemented a lot of things recently that have been great for it, the plan. I think it had it's had great energy. It's tough. We do have so many games. We have 82 games. I think it's a lot of games in a season, but it's always been like that. So then the person kind of pressed, like, well, you don't want, like, you want fewer games? He goes, oh, the back-to-backs. I don't think anyone necessarily enjoys, but it's always been like that. So the travel that they've limited this year, we're playing more of the, you go to a city and play a team twice in a row. So I think the league is always changing and doing it for us. I don't think there's one thing I'm necessarily going to change. So very diplomatic answer mm-hmm. by Kevin Herter. You know, I'm with you. I don't like back-to-backs. Uh, what? Well, okay. Why? why from do, a selfish standpoint, or from like actually no, from every standpoint. Every standpoint. I mean, I just think of quality of game. I think the biggest challenge that gets overlooked sometimes is these arenas just aren't like basketball arenas. Yeah, they have to schedule concerts and shows, and sometimes, like in LA, they'll have a hockey game at noon, an NBA game at seven. The next day, they got a Lakers game. At, uh, you know, noon. So yeah. it's it's constant changeover. So spreading out a season logistically can be challenging. Well, what I, what I will say, too, about back-to-backs, if you factor in every single thing, let's just say as a fan, you're watching a team, you're committing a lot of time yeah. in two days to watching that team. Even those, I mean, like, what if you're still going off a high of the first night with them and you're like, oh, okay, I don't even need to watch this. I have to get to other things. I have another part of my life. And then for people like us and covering the team and um, broadcasting and everything, it's just, it it feels like an overload of, con- not, con- I don't want to say content, but it feels just like an overload of like not enough time to break things down, if that makes sense. I wish there was just like spaced out for that yeah. uh, point of view. But then I, you look at the players; it's like it's a physical thing, it's a mental thing. Like they have to put so much energy into that second night to be able to push through and perform at a high level. Um, De'Aaron Fox was asked about what he would change. Yeah, I don't know. Just because a lot of people talk about the eighty-two games, but eighty-two games has been played for so long, I don't think that should be tweaked. Because now you got to tweak the rule books and record books and all the other things. Truly, I don't know what I would do. I really don't. I'm a player. I just go out there and play. Try to play as many games as I can. I think I missed five games this year, so let's hope I don't miss any more. <laughs> okay, very diplomatic. Very diplomatic. I need these guys to actually take some sort of hard stance. Pascal Siakam was asked this question. Uh-huh. Any guesses at what, how Siakam uh, answered this question? I'm going to guess... Um, hey, here, let's play this game. Okay. I'm uh, Mr. Athletic Reporter. Okay. Hey, Pascal, um, what would you change about the NBA? Um, I would change nothing. Okay. Chris, hey. what's your Pascal? Hey, Pascal, uh, what would you change about the game? I would change everything. His real answer was, no, bro, I'm just here. Oh, in between. Really in between both of our you answers. You were reporting, like, I got to get some stuff. Maybe I'll get some insight. Hey, Pascal, how do you feel? No, bro, I'm just here. Well, uh, the thing that you were talking about, Morgan, like shortening the schedule, yeah. I've heard people talk about it, and there's still this fear of just like, well, 
they're still going to arrest players. Like, yeah, and I and I understand that that that's what people say a lot of the times. Like, oh well, no matter what, they're still going to find a way to rest. And I go, but what? Why? Like, there would be a clear a clear reason why you wouldn't need to rest players and why there could be more rules around, hey, not resting players, you know? Yeah, I think the, I mean, you would have to get the Players Association on board. Yep. Right. To be like. That's a challenge. And then you have to, you have to put penalties Ex- on players. Exactly. Teams. Exactly. Good luck. I know. We can talk more about that next hour on the Kings Roundtable, but uh, before we get there, it's Friday. Mm. We need a little story time with Chris Verlot, baby. Bring it on. This is uh, Chris Verlot. He brings us stories. You never know where we're going to go with this. Sometimes it's morbid. Sometimes it's disgusting. Sometimes it's just lighthearted fun. <laughs> what does he have in store on this Friday? Welcome to Story Time with Chris Verlot, baby. Chris Verlot, baby. 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 So, hmm. I don't think, I don't have, I did have a negative one. Cutting it today. Okay, all right, all right. Friday, all right. We're, we're gonna have some good. So, do you okay. guys want an animal story? Animal, animal. Jeez, animal it is. Yeah, I like animal stories. St. Louis KTVI. Oh no! The St. Louis Zoo was on lockdown after Ben, an Andean bear, escaped his enclosure for the second time this month. Ben was found not far from his enclosure in a river like walk area of the park tranquilized and put into a different enclosure didn't hurt anybody people saying him like hey it looked like he was just having fun yeah nothing to worry about drinking a few beers this was the second time he's escaped this enclosure this enclosure has been around since 2016 no bear has escaped except for ben who was born in the queen zoo so you can't lock a new york bear up apparently they have tried several times to make the the fence stronger but he keeps getting his way out do we have footage of this? Like, how is he getting out? There's a couple pictures. So he's like, he's basically peeling the cage apart <laughs> and yeah, just see, walking this out. This is where it gets deeper and, you know, I just start What's thinking, deeper? Well, because, like, some zoos feel sketch to me. Really? You, know, you go to a zoo sometimes you're like, is this legit? Is this I mean, le- which zoo have you gone to that you felt that way? Folsom so, Zoo. Yeah. Folsom Zoo feels a little weird. I've been to Folsom Yeah. Zoo. It just feels like, is this a prison for animals? So I've got, a, I've got a source that has been to the St. Louis Zoo. Yeah. Oh. Actually, me. I've been to the zoo. Oh, okay. Oh. okay. And? St. Louis is a terrible city to begin with. It's very nice. The zoo is very nice. But they okay. got that arch. The arch is terrible. Thank Ooh. You. Ooh, you get to go up in the arch and you get to look at the beautiful view of St. Louis. <laughs> Damn. But the zoo, yeah. I remember, I remember going there. My my aunt and uncle lived there, and they're like, "Oh yeah, uh, a few months ago, a cheetah jumped out of the enclosure, which is like walking around." I'm sorry. So, are they going to put up more than a few baby gates, or mm. what? What are we going to do for these uh, wild animals? That's insane. That's insane. Well, I'm glad that the bear's okay, but honestly, what? Why don't you just like put a few more like layers of gates or something? Yeah. Or I just let them loose. Yeah, just let them loose. Hey, let, let nature run its course, you know? Well, see I, what it I, does. Actually, I actually have a, a another animal story. Oh, let's go. And it's a follow-up oh. to our friend in New York. This comes from the AP. Remember Godzilla, the alligator that was caught yeah. in Brooklyn? Well, it was, it was rescued from Brooklyn's Prospect Park. The alligator is recovering at the Bronx Zoo and is too weak to eat on its own. It needs to be uh, tube-fed. 
The alligator weighs 15 pounds, but should be 30 to 35 pounds no. at its length. So they're taking care of it. They're trying to get it back on track. They took x-rays of the alligators. It is estimated to be five to six years old and has ingested a bathtub stopper, which means Stop. if you look at that, it was most likely a pet in, a in someone's residence. And they just put them in the bathtub. And then they I just hate people. And then they just really took them to the. Then they just took them to the. This to the pond. I oh, wish. I wish God. this alligator ate them, that person. Yeah, they their find children, them. their no, mother, no, their father, no, all of the above. No, no. no the because above. then they would put the alligator down. Yeah, like, no, no, no. And they we... shouldn't because they shouldn't have owned the alligator in the first place. So Get I'm big on retaliation, anymore. right? Like we're gonna find the owner and we're gonna force that owner to eat a uh, tub stopper. Yes. Oh, good. A bathtub yes. style. Good. Is that what you said it was? A bathtub? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You're you're eating that. How much yeah. do you live in a bathtub for a while? Yeah. yeah. We're gonna, you're going to live in the bathtub? Naked, just in a yep. bathtub. Yep. All right. I, I can I can get to the story quick. Yes. Yeah. This is yeah. going to give us all a high. Just like, oh, maybe. Okay, okay. Maybe one day. Okay. United Kingdom. This comes from the NPR. How long will the five-day work week last? Well, if the nonprofit four-day week global keeps getting results like this, it might not last much longer. Oh, come on, please. A pilot program included around 2,900 workers yes. at 61 companies, varying from nonprofits, manufacturers, finance firms, even a fish and chip shop. Oh, my God. And that ran from June to December. Businesses were told to give the employees four eight-hour weeks, uh, four eight-hour days yeah. in the week, or if that's not possible, give people a 32-hour work week. Or if that's not possible, yeah, so give them 32 hours a week. Yeah. It was such a huge success. 46% of employees said they were less fatigued. 60% said it was easier to balance work and responsibility at home. And resignations dropped from by 57% in the UK when they're having a mass quitting at that time. Okay, so, uh, so many things with this. Look, we are more efficient than ever. Yeah. And we're going, you must work eight hours a day. And sometimes Stop it's got to be 10 hours or 10 hours. Disgusting. Yeah. It yeah. was also good for business. Revenue increased by an average of 1.4% over the study period. Of the 61 companies that took part, 56 said that they would continue with the four-day work week. Mm. And of the 18 of those, plan to make the shortened work week permanent. Four-day work week. Global has conducted similar trials in the U.S., Ireland, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, and Brazil, and other countries. Bring it on. America? And they will share the results from those pilots in the coming months. Uh, America? Yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Hilarious. That's so funny. Well, thank you so much for story time with Chris for a lot. Coming up next from 1 to 2, it's King's Roundtable time. The guys who are in Salt Lake City covering All-Star Weekend. Chris Watkins, Frankie Cardicilli in the building to talk some Kings basketball. Kings and Clippers tonight. We'll talk about it next here on Sacktown Sports. How do you like that, Mom? You know... Deuce, and, Deuce Morgan and the other men. I mean, it's true. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I mean, but like, they have names too, Chris. You just called me Little Frankie, People. though. So does oh. that, do I count? I mean, does that Our count? little Frankie. Yeah. Frankito. Yeah. <laughs> It's Deuce Mason. Oh, Not helping. <laughs> Not helping. Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, King's Roundtable time. The other voices, Chris Watkins, no. and of course, Frankie Cardicelli doing amazing work. They were just in Salt Lake City for All-Star Weekend. You guys did some great stuff for, of course, the social Thank media you. platforms. Also at SacktownSports.com, where Frankie did a piece today previewing the big game, Kings and Clippers. Frankie, have you ever thought about going by Frank as you get older, or are you just Frankie for life? 
I I tried tried it like for a little bit, mostly Franklin. Like the first year covering the Kings, I was Franklin on like Twitter, and I yeah. told people like Franklin. I thought it was pro- I remember that professional. And then I realized that it's just I'm, I don't know who that is. What about Fran? 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 <laughs> I don't know. Like I th- Fran Frischilla? <laughs> you know, all, all my friends do call me Frank. I think it naturally yeah. will happen, but I'll never say I'm Frank to people. I think... Unless just, you're being Frank. Unless, you're being unless I'm yeah, being yeah, Frank. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Just to be Frank. That's actually a good segment idea. Well, that's something that... Let's be Frank. Let's be Frank. My let's girlfriend Allie's been telling me for years I need to make like that a, a show yeah. or a segment yeah. or a... Some kind be your of clothing thing. line. Why It'll be a we, clothing line. Yeah. We'll make it a segment on okay. in, within this King's Roundtable that yeah, we do. Of course. Why not? Of course. Um, first of all, you guys were at All Star Weekend. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was exhausting because those type Very of events much. are like nonstop. You know, you guys were at all the events, right? Practices, the Rising yeah. Stars, the G League game, All Star Saturday Night, All Star game. Yeah. What was that experience like? It was crazy, just like you're saying. It was nonstop. Like, I was exhausted by the time I got back on Monday. And it was – you mentioned it. Like, we, we arrived there on Friday. Keegan Murray has his Rising Stars practice. Then he has the game. We wake up on Saturday. Then it's Kevin Herter media availability for the three-point shootout. Then it's East-West practice. Then De'Aaron and Sobonas come out for their press conference. Then we have to drive all the way across town to the main arena uh, for the actual festivities themselves. And it was just a rinse-repeat thing. And – we weren't getting out until like eleven o'clock at the earliest every day. Yeah, the arena. huge shout out to Matt George and Kevin John <laughs> from ABC. They were chauffeuring us around for the whole weekend. Yeah. We we kind of wanted to we do our post game work and we'd stay and wait for them because you know they have their news breaks and yeah. all that stuff to do and. Uh, they got out pretty late, but what a wild duo! I mean, how do yeah. you keep up with those? We party don't. Oh, we don't. We do not. Yeah, they are full systems go all the they time. They look man. like they're very like unsuspecting people. <laughs> Matt and Kevin are like insane. What do you mean? Yeah, they're, what do you mean? They're just they're just constantly at each other's necks. Just it's, lo- just, it's, it's, it's like love, you two, with but love. just no. like Kevin's like the nicest I swear, guy ever. I swear, it's. it's, it's it's not. It's not like. It's not bad though. It's like funny. And yeah. It's yeah. Light, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's all it's, funny. I haven't laughed. It's very that wholesome. Hard. It's wholesome. It's, if it's Kevin oh, not, John, not, not all of it's wholesome. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I could picture honest. Kevin Wait. John being yes, very wholesome and like, like just does he only have darkness? funny. Yeah, but does he have darkness to him? Because this is great. Well, it's like humor, like dark. Yeah, humor. I don't know if it's darkness. It's dry, yeah, dark definitely. humor, which Ooh. I love. Yeah. Dry, dark humor, which I absolutely love. Uh, yeah, and he's great. I love. It. He's got such great energy. Oh yeah, he's literally like the like. The he, nicest. The nicest person. Yes. I would say Jason Ross is the nicest person, but I, him and Kevin are like toe-to-toe I mean, we, we nicest wait, people I've ever met. Agreed. We were, we were waiting for them one night. We were waiting. We were going to go to the media hospitality thing, and Kevin was doing his, his work on the court, and we were saying, what's taking so long? And we looked down, and he's uh, interviewing literally, this kid, this literally. kid with his parents, interviewing him, and I think he ended up airing it, but this yeah. kid wanted to know what it's like to be to be a news a news broadcaster, yeah. and he spent the time to to interview the kid and bring them on camera, and it was really cool. Yeah, so here we are. Big shout out to Kevin John. Being like, what the hell but, is Kevin so, doing? Like, yeah. Does he not know we're trying to go? They made it enjoyable. Yeah, so sure. big shout out to Kevin John. Just yes. Big yeah. shout out Kevin John. It may be a little Specifically bit to Matt, Kevin John. A little bit to Matt George. A little yeah. bit. Only a little bit. Because his dark side really came uh, out. Yeah. <laughs> well, Salt Lake City brings out the worst in Matt George, <laughs> let me tell you. What was your um, favorite part about All-Star Weekend? My so obviously being a part of the environment is super cool and seeing all the people kind of like we got a taste of it in summer league, and this is kind of like that but but more. I mean all the biggest cool. stars like during the media availability every, everywhere you turn there's there's Kevin Durant or Jason Tatum or whoever down the line. But the thing that kind of stuck out to me, which is kind of weird, is me and like becoming a basketball fan. I didn't know this at the time, but I mean when I grew up, Bird Magic like that whole storyline and like them coming up through college and then '79 final. 
was such a huge kind of turning point to me. I used to watch that over and over when I was a kid on like those NBA history uh, documentaries like on VHS. And I went to the John Huntsman Center at University of Utah. I had no idea that it was the place. And my Uber driver on the way to the airport I'm leaving is like, yeah, like that building has a lot of history. Like that's where the 79 NCAA final took place. Wow. And that completely just made like the whole flight home. I was just like, I've, and I'm happy you got video there and like pictures there and yeah. stuff. Cause I, yeah. I wanted, I was like obsessed with that game. And that to me, looking back was like a really cool aspect of it. But obviously all that goes in NBA all-star the dunk contest too. But that part I'll remember forever for sure. That is so yeah. cool. Yeah. I, I didn't know that until right now. So that's kind of, I wish I would have known that. You guys, you guys didn't like talk when you were hanging out. Like, what? no, not really. It was mainly just Kevin and Matt. Just <laughs> yeah. like, and we were just like <laughs> serving. Yeah, it was a lot of like. I would just love to thing. have a can. Like, I wish you guys were recorded that whole weekend. It, they, they deserve a TV show. They do. They need their they own TV really show. Do. No reality TV they show. They really do. <sighs> it's really good. Did, did you guys like go out to like? Oh yeah. Anything, well, no? the, there's like media yeah. hospitality, right? So like, we we go to that, but. It ends so early in yeah. Utah. The right. Last call is like twelve thirty, so we yeah. get done at yeah. eleven forty-five. So we're we're only hanging out for forty-five minutes. Time out. You guys talk did, to the did wrong those events? Yeah, because I was going to ask. Like those <laughs> events weren't. There had to be NBA players and other people going out late in yes, Utah, right? I think, yeah. Charles Barkley's birthday was. I think okay. they were like, "Hey, yeah, let's wrap it up. Sure. It's eleven thirty. Last call. No way." I think Saturday was the night where yeah. that was at like the legit. That was at like an actual bar. The yeah. the yeah. first two nights were were just at a hotel in the you know in the conference room or whatever. But the, the on All Star Saturday was actually the night where they had it at a bar. It was super cool. They had the Larry O'Brien Trophy on display, That's so awesome. you could just walk up, take a picture with it. Um, all that stuff, but we saw Dr. J leaving yeah. that day, and like it was definitely in like behind curtains yeah. and all that. But uh, to me, I agree with Frank. Like the the coolest part was definitely you know we're we're basketball junkies, we're nerds, we follow you know we read people's articles and stuff to see like people that we legitimately admire just yeah. like standing yeah. five feet away from us was that's like, awesome it was just insane that's great dude i'm so glad you guys i'm got so experience happy too. for you guys we're thankful to be the chance to go definitely sure. what yeah. was the worst part yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what, i'm so great glad question. that's where it's going and don't last say matt tough. george last call was last tough. Call's tough i know we last probably shouldn't tough. be talking about this yeah. stuff but last call was tough i mean just because we, we were working all night yeah. and then we get done so we want to hang out and get the full like me you want to make connections and mingle with people yeah by the time we got out of there it's like it's it. It's over. Yeah. And, you know, no. all the people we'd be around, like Sean Cunningham and the Jason Andersons, we'd all just kind of have to just hang out in our little corner you, until people cleared out and we'd leave. Don't you love that they're talking about, hey, we're building connections, and all they're doing is hanging out with it's Sacramento the same people. Yeah, what are you guys yeah. doing? We, didn't get a, we, we, made, we met some people. Yeah. We did meet okay. some people. Name, the people you admire. Name drop now. Yeah. Name yeah. Drop. I'm not going to name drop. Name, name, name drop. drop it, Frank. We Come always on. name drop. Please, please. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. I was, I was so high I'm, for this. I'm a big, uh, I, I like Rob Perez. I'm, I'm, I've always loved Rob Perez's cool. work. You met him. I met him, and he's super super cool. I never. I was kind of afraid to approach him. A couple years ago, kind of awkward though, huh? He very like socially like you. It surprised me because he is so outgoing as a streamer, Mm -hmm. a personality NBA, but he's a little chill in person. It just seemed like he didn't want to be like bothered, which I was telling him like you know I don't I don't want to bother people. He was on a couch by himself, and I'm like I just I don't want to bother him. That was my read on. And I I walked by him and just said hey like I don't want to bother you. I just I I love. I like I support your work. I know you used to write, and I used to read your writing. I I watched like the, the police chases he does. We used to entertain yes. me during during the height of COVID. I'd be watching those, and just I get the notification, and I'd scream, "Birds are in the air!" Like I tell yeah. Alex, "Birds are in the air." <laughs> so it was cool talking to him. He was really nice. A lot of complimentary things to say about Sacramento, and he said he was so happy for the fan base, and how he said it was impossible to hate um, the Kings if you're an NBA fan. And I just kind of said, "I hope the Kings don't kind of fall into that." Grizzlies neighborhood where they're young and up and coming and they get cocky, but I don't think the Kings are. No, like that. they're not. They like don't that. have that but personality. He was super nice, super nice guy. Yeah, I'm that's so cool. Glad. Mm-hmm. Um, 
who was uh, on the the show last week who was saying that Mac McClung was going to win the dunk contest? I thought all of us. I think we all did. I definitely did. Or not? You, did you say Jericho Sims? You said Jericho I did say Jericho Sims, Sims dude. Oh, I know. I was like, hand. dude, can you? We like, we got it. Play a different song. Like, <laughs> okay, you could. I'm not saying it's not hard. It's just didn't really play the first time. I don't know why he was like, you know, what? we should run that back. Could you guys feel that for the dunk contest in the in the atmosphere when you were in the arena? Like it wasn't like when things weren't landing or something. I think. I don't know if I'll go that far because it was all, especially leading up to like the skills competition was trash. The three point shootout was kind of a dud. Get rid of the skills competition. Yeah, they, skills need get, they need to get what rid of it. What is it? They're you know, just, it's just like, they're just throwing yeah, balls at the, the point. There's like doing dumb. It's all three of them at once, mm-hmm. just throwing balls in that big target. It's like what uh, is the? That's not hey, fundamentals. I'm telling you, if you really are trying to change it up. If you could get some players to just buy in on Saturday night and do a one on one thing, it'd be kind of fun. Just a one on one, like have a couple of one on one games. That doesn't have to lead sure. to like the one on one champion, yeah. but like, dude, yeah, these two went. They head tried to head. the pig what though. Are, that was terrible. What do we yeah. talk about though? Yeah, we we want the shooting stars. Back. We want shooting stars. Back. Wait, was that was not that? the? Wait, what was the shooting stars? Where it's a current uh, legend and a WNBA player, and, and they then like a D-list celebrity. No, it was just three that could be a different cat. That could be a different cat. You can add that as well. Sure, we can add Hassan Minaj to that list. Yeah. As well. yeah. Oh, he's not D list. He's definitely uh, not a D list, but he was there. I'm okay, just saying he was okay. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, to me, that, I mean, that's at least more exciting. It ends in the half court shot, so you get the natural, you know, big, big ending. But, you know, if they feel the need to have three events, I would much rather see that than, like Frank's mentioned, like just because the last portion of the skills competition where they're literally just Oy. chucking the ball into the big big hoops it's just it yeah. didn't play well in person i can't imagine it played well in on tv where it's like especially in person you couldn't count like the points that yeah. were going on so it was i don't just, understand it was very erratic all right coming up next we got to talk more about uh the kings kings and clippers tonight we'll reflect back on last night's kings win over the blazers i do want to ask you guys about the vibe at all-star uh sure. you got the all-star game oh, too we'll talk about off. that it's the kings roundtable do some mo on Sacktown sports Kings Roundtable, Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, Chris Watkins, and Frankie Cardicelli. We're talking during the break. We always stay live, by the way. YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. We're talking about, all right, what ways can you juice up the All-Star Weekend, maybe one-on-one? I know you guys were both at the game, too, on Sunday, the actual All-Star game. Uh, on TV, obviously, it did not play well, right? The draft seemed like it took uh, an hour. Um, <laughs> and <Yeah>. then <laughs> for you guys, after a long, long weekend, you get the All-Star game, maybe you're a little bit excited. Like, all right, what's this about? Was it boring in person? Like, what, what what were the vibes like in the arena? It was, it was bad. I mean, yeah, it, it was, was it, for a while that fans stopped cheering. They did. They really yeah. stopped cheering. Yeah. You, I think you pointed that out to me, and they did. I mean, unless it was like a crazy play, and there were honestly like maybe two or three plays where you're like, whoa, like LeBron had a big yeah. dunk, and um, I think you know we're there to watch the Kings. We're there to watch Sabonis and Fox. And one thing that stuck out to me was, and it goes to the Rising Stars game too with Keegan, the, like the Kings players that were there. Murray, Fox, Bonus, they're good team players, team basketball players. And when you're in a showcase like the All-Star Game and Rising Stars, I thought Fox would have flourished a little more just kind yeah. of getting the ball off the dribble. He didn't seem to, like, He wasn't looking interested. to get his. <laughs> I, think, I, think he, I think he was a little gassed coming into that break. I mean, he played 38, 37, 39 minutes in those last three, four games going to the break. I think he was gassed, needed a break. 
And securing the All-Star not, I think, meant the most to him. He got it. And while I think it's kind of a bummer that he was the only player that didn't score, obviously he doesn't really hold much much weight. He comes out last night and scores 30 again. But it was definitely a tough watch. I think we kind of lost interest in the third quarter once Fox checked out. We all went downstairs away for media availability. And, <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, they told us, the Kings PR people, they said, yeah. you know, when as soon as the game was over, like, we're, we're coming out. And they did it. As soon as the buzzer sounded, they were yeah. right out and – they both had plans. They wanted to go home, and that was that. But it was great experience. All-Star game, not so great, but the rest of the stuff was really fun. Yeah, I almost feel like, I mean, we can say it countless times, like we were so thankful to be there. But I, my entire time there, I kept thinking, I just don't think this is worth the price of admission. Like, I, I was just thinking about the people who probably spent, I don't know if they, bucks. I literally, yeah, yeah, do you buy per day tickets? Is yeah. it a whole package? Like, if you're going to spend... Five hundred dollars on. I mean, even I don't know. I I, I don't think you should spend more than like two hundred dollars on the whole. Sure. Thing. Like All Star Saturday can be fun if the dunk contest was as as good as we saw, and that was kind of an exception to the rule. But the the game itself, there's nothing that you're really locked into. Like if we didn't, if we weren't primarily focused on the Kings guys. I don't think I would have gotten any enjoyment out of the actual game. So something I said to Deuce when we were talking about All-Star Weekend after, I was like, oh, I felt like a sense of pride when I saw Deeren's name being called or, you know, even in the draft or whatever. Did you guys feel that way um, personally? But then also, are there enough fans there that are like, pure basketball fans or is it just a whole bunch of rich people with these tickets it seemed like it was a lot of salt lake residents for sure like okay. it was definitely a big utah jazz friendly and jen shaw was crowd. she allowed to be no there? she shaw? was already reported to prison she did real housewives of salt lake City. Oh, no. what's the what's mm-hmm. the one that's friends with uh heather gay no um oh lisa uh <laughs> barlow lisa, barlow. Lisa, lisa barlow she barlow. was at the yeah, game she was she took a photo with jordan clarkson her friend the, yeah She's a, she's a Salt Lake City. The biggest like ovations from the weekend were definitely Laurie uh, Markkinen uh-huh. and Walker Kessler. Oh. That was not the biggest ovation I heard. Ooh. What was the biggest ovation? <laughs> very unfortunate what the biggest ovation oh, of the no. weekend Can you was. say it? Don't. Yeah. Was it yeah, Carl? No. It was Carl Malone Gross. and John Stockton. Oh, both of those. I tuned that out. I tuned that out. So, I mean. I, 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 just, I tuned that out. An incredibly I, tough look for the city of Utah. Tough statues, look for the city? Statues. Of Carl Malone and John Stockton no, in front of Vivian Arena for the NBA. I mean, yeah. that's, like, that was I mean, weird. Yeah, man. That was, was Why'd they bring him out there? Like, they didn't just bring him. They, the he was paraded. He was definitely like he was a feature player of the week. You know, you can appreciate you can appreciate what he did on the basketball floor, but at yeah. that time, you have to read the room and just know that's not the move. Not well, the move to make. Yeah. I mean, yeah, literally being mentioned in this. I mean, he he was brought up on stage with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, one of the greatest social justice leaders that we've ever had. LeBron James. Right. Did you see the jokes about it? How like Kareem's like, I'll go on the stage, but I'm not touching that guy. Like he's on the other side of LeBron, like just yeah. completely like only on LeBron in the picture. All yeah. of it. Not ideal. Weird. Bad. Not ideal. Weird. And awful that that was the case, that that was, it was the ovation. To me, I mean, I, that's the loudest one I, I remember. honestly wasn't even paying attention <laughs> yeah. when he came out there because maybe we were yeah. doing something, but I, I clearly tuned yeah. that out. Do you think people just don't know what he did? Well, there's I, a large majority. I think, I think sure, there's a lot of locals, people who don't. I think probably. I would imagine. I, don't know. I would like to think that the city of Salt Lake would know. I think we all heard kind of rumors about like this stuff before, but I think this weekend it got pushed a lot more. Yeah. And when you read the details, you're like, oh my, 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, you know, it's it's just so unfortunate the league was, was pushing it. It was, it was surprising in a lot of ways, too. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess it's not surprising he got the ovation in Utah. I would imagine that's probably the only. Oh, you're right. They they put both on, on they the put gym. them both, they put both on, yeah because they were both sitting next to each other. They I had mean, Stockton is definitely problematic too in a much different sure. way. Yeah. But, but you can, sure. yeah, yeah, you can separate those. I guess it's all yeah. Bad. Both yeah. dangerous. Yes, and both he, dangerous and <laughs> different, bad. very different ways. Yeah, John Stockton is like he's hanging out with Alex Jones. Well, and his, Correct. And his teammate Jeff Hornacek. And. Really? No. What? Oh, you guys need to check the app. Okay, I'm going to check that out. Well, <laughs> oh, check check the Nation app, oh, you please. Need, you need to Him check, and his uh, daughter are all over the Nation his app. Daughter? I don't know what the Nation app is. Oh, the, um, yeah. And, How do you uh, know what that is, Chris? Yeah. Seen commercials. <laughs> yeah. Um, Seen commercials. I'm kidding. Yeah. Disappointing. Yeah, no, I know, Morgan. Okay. I was trying to think what I was going to say about... Um... Tough transition. Tough transition. No, no, it wasn't transition. It was actually related to this. Oh, great. Oh, we're, we're <laughs> Look at this. Steve Rivett. <laughs> I've lost it. Oh! It's, right. it's out it's of right. here. It's okay. Damn. Probably for the best. Uh, we're talking about Malone? And yeah. Stockton. Stockton. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Hornacek, his daughter. Stockton. Stockton. Something about Stockton. You said Alex Jones and you lost your train of thought. <laughs> There's definitely Conspiracy a dot that connects here. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Dangerous. It's done. It's done. It's done. Okay. Um, we do need to talk about the Kings coming up. I'm glad you guys had a good time at All Star Weekend. Yep. And yes, I was going to say F. Carl Malone. Hey. <laughs> hey. Oh my God, Deuce. Coming up next Friday, baby. Yeah, Kings had a nice win last night. They yeah. Did. After an ugly start in the first quarter, they beat the Blazers at Golden One Center. But buckle up, get the Clippers tonight at Crypto.com mm. Arena. Talk about that game coming up next on the Kings Roundtable on Sacktown Sports. It's Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Sacktown Sports. Kings Roundtable rolls on. Kings and Clippers tonight. Kings with a home win. First game out of the break, beating the shorthanded Blazers 133 to 116. They've done something they've only done four times since the 06-07 season, and that's win 33 games in a season, which is kind of crazy to consider. They go for win number 34 tonight against a really talented Clippers team. Uh, let's go back to last night a little bit. I had this theory. I think I'm right on this. Okay. But they had the travel issues with Portland night before on, on the tarmac for seven hours. Conspiracy theory music. And then the next day they get to the like the airport at like 9 a.m. They're supposed to leave to come to Sacramento, 90-minute flight. I think during that time, Portland was trying to work with the league to get the game rescheduled. And once the league were like, no, like there's still time. It's 90 minutes away. You guys can play tonight. We're not rescheduling it. They went, okay, we're resting Dame and Jeremy Grant. Dame was at the game last night. Why wasn't he playing? I feel like it was a petty move by the Blazers last night. They don't night. even play until Sunday, you they, guys. Yeah, why? Like, it makes no sense whatsoever. So they essentially forfeited because they were so upset? Yeah. I think they were mad that they were just like, no, we shouldn't like, be playing this game. We're tra- And even though other teams have done this. The Kings yep. did this last year, traveled on day of game. It's yeah, not ideal. It's not a it's great thing. It's the first game but, since, the, the, Kings. I mean, since the All-Star break. If, you know? Dame, yeah. if Dame needed rest... yeah. Why was he even in Sacramento? Just, hey, rest at home. We'll see you Sunday against the Rockets. It was just weird to me, and I, I didn't like it. I really didn't. 
I like the theory. Yeah. It, it, it all works out. Like, and it really does make sense, especially after Adam Silver made the huge statement on, on, uh, during the all-star weekend of load management saying he's not concerned about it. Well, I mean, I, I had a couple, I had a friend who had a friend come down from the Bay area, his favorite pay, player's dame no. came down, had tickets, didn't show up because See? the and they're coming out of the break and they listed those guys out due to rest. Yeah. That's a straight look. rest. Yeah. It's, I think it's yeah. a petty thing. And, but also I was saying this to Deuce. It's a lose lose because if you're the Blazers, aren't you still trying to get in the playoffs? What are you doing? Yeah. I mean, didn't you see Dame on Twitter last night? Someone said, I think it was a Blazer fan that said, let's like, let's tank for, for Vic. Yeah. And Dame quoted and said like, oh, hell no. Yeah. Or something like that. Or hell no. Or something like that. Yeah. Uh, in the neighborhood of their, of, people being out uh there are no kings on the injury report other than casey Paula, who's dealing with that knee soreness uh kings are they're all available tonight Everybody and the go. only clippers player out is zubats at zubats. this point because i know jason preston and boston were on that there with the g league squad yep zubats but uh just casey Paula and zubats those are the big guys the big guys the big heavy hitters yes. the big guys all right um before we get to that clippers game looking back at last night what was the most impressive thing to you what was your biggest takeaway from the game chris I mean, well, I personally, I think. Yeah. Oh. Thank you, thank oh. you, thank you for that. Please oh, okay. say it. Please, good please, please. Good he didn't hey, specify. I didn't specify. Bit. That was a good bit. Chris Watkins. I think it was the fact that they came back. Like it was, it was expected. I never really felt like they were going to lose that game, even when they found themselves down by whatever it was, eighteen points to start the game. Um, but it was the fact that they were able to recognize, like, guys, we like we cannot be in this kind of situation. We cannot lose to this team that is so depleted. We can't even give them the hope of like sticking around for three quarters and then eventually pulling it away in the fourth quarter like we've seen them do a couple times this season. They really did take care of business, and by halftime, I think they were up 13 and really just never looked back. Yeah, they needed to prove that they could win. And again, we've said this a million times here. Win games, you should win. And the beginning was scary, but we've seen it before. I think the games that I, I like to equate it to are the Dallas game was a game they literally lost in the first quarter. They win the final three, but they get outscored 45-25 a week ago. Uh, the Knicks game early in the yeah. season, they they got outscored, I think, 43-23, to and they, they won the final three quarters there. I just really wanted them to see them – I wanted to see them respond. Like, they got put in a hole. They yeah. were coming out of the break. Those are still NBA players in Portland. They weren't players that are you know held in high regard, yes. but – um, I mean, Nasir Little and, and other guys on that team, they, they gave the Kings the business. So I um, I definitely think that seeing them respond was huge. And um, my biggest takeaway is that, obviously, winning games you should win. Protecting home court, too. Only 11 home games left. You have mm-hmm. to take care of home court. I, I love you talking about them um, facing that adversity and finding a way to come back and get a win. I was That's what I was saying to Deuce earlier, how it doesn't feel – fluky when they're coming back too right it's like they they get locked in they engage and they know exactly what they need to do they tighten up their game they become more disciplined on the defensive end on the offensive end and when you see teams capable of doing that I don't care if it's g-leaguers out there or um you know a good NBA team that you're doing that against when you're down and you're trying to come back up and get the w it takes something different physically and mentally yeah and I just think when your two best guys try to set a tone a little bit after a shaky first quarter, that goes a long way. Fox was fantastic. Yeah. Fox is just playing. I mean, he's never played better. Just his all-around all game. So good. He's vocal. I mean, that play where he stole it from Keon Johnson and took it to him, shouldered mm-hmm. him, probably should have been Bully. called for an offensive foul. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think I'm blowing the whistle on that. Looked like he extended the arm. He did. Since he's been named an all-star, this guy is Love going this. to the free throw line. <laughs> he's averaging over double-digit free throw attempts. Mm-hmm. 
It's pretty crazy. I mean, so that's been such a big time development. Yeah, the All Star Game yep. conspiracy yep. theory. Like yep. you're an All Star now. You're getting those calls. It I just I like how he is playing. Some bonus, of course, setting the single season triple double mark with seven triple doubles. 18, 18, and ten was outrageous. But last night, I thought the bench too. They need the bench, man. And Terrence Davis coming mm. in, giving them twenty and eighteen minutes. And his post-game comments, I love the guy. Oh, the Did you guys hear call. that? Oh, yeah, it, was, it was great. Incredible. It was incredible. And it's something that that's the most I've ever seen TD really kind of like, you know, peel back the curtain a little bit. I mean, he really had some great quotes. Yeah, yeah you haven't heard really anybody talk about giving it. Like, he really se- sounded like he was giving it real, real thought. I think uh, Kevin Herter earlier in the season uh, was on Zach Lowe's podcast and mentioned yes. how he was talking with a friend about – you know, the Kings-Lakers rivalry and just kind of, you know, getting to know the history of the Kings. And that was really the most that we'd heard about, you know, kind of the past seeping into these guys really thinking about things now. But to hear Terrence Davis straight up say, like, during our break time, the time where I think he was in Mexico or in Cabo, or I don't know, but he was vacationing and he's thinking about, yo, like, we're kind of about to do something really, really special. And for the the fact that... You know, I'm sure these guys didn't give a damn about the Kings before yeah. they got here. And for them to really be caring about our history and, you know, making it better for the city, not only themselves, it was really great to hear. Like, I, it was it was incredible. Yeah, for those who did not hear those comments, here's a Terrence Davis talking about that after the game last night. The, uh, everything, you know, uh, I was just talking to some, some, of, the, some of my teammates in uh, – some front office guys. This is, you know, Sacramento hasn't been in this position in what almost two decades. And the importance of these last twenty-five games is just you can't really put it into words, but going on, you know, walking on the court and knowing that you're in a position to do something that hasn't been done in, you know, almost two decades, that should that should light a fire in you, you know, uh for me, it's honestly, man. I was I was on the All Star break just thinking about it uh, while I was, you mm. know, uh, somewhere else. I was just thinking about it and you know just you know trying to put into perspective how important these last few games are. So it's, it's definitely major. This is something you know special for sure. Uh, we have, like I said, it's been almost two decades. So okay, it's important, man. This is everything. The, yeah, the Me two Martin, decades. Gotta hammer that in. I don't like the two decades thing. It sounds so much worse, yeah. right? I'm like, I got, I got it. Years TD. a lot, but two <laughs> decades. Let me emphasize it. Two, two decades. You round up. You got to yeah. round up. Hey, that's what that's what motivates them a little <laughs> yeah. bit more. He's like, no, yeah. no, the the two decade mark is yeah. far too long. We got four years to actually make it. Yeah, cause... come on now. I just think too. It's, you know, players say things, best fans in the NBA, best fans in sports. But when, like, a player says something like that, you're like, oh, okay. You understand the connection here. You're connected with it. It's not just some phony thing he's saying. It's like, yeah, like you were just referencing. He was thinking about during the All-Star break. He's like, yeah, this is a big deal, and I'm glad they understand the seriousness. And I do get the sense just from the team that they understand the seriousness of this moment. Obviously, with 24 games left, it doesn't mean they're going to start crushing it and win every single game. No. But they understand, like, the importance of tonight's game, 
just to be competitive. This could be a team tonight that you see in the first round of the playoffs. Ooh. You can also bury this team. There's a good I mean, you play this team twice in the next four games. You could lock up the not lock it up, but you can really put some distance between yourself and the Clippers in the standings. And that could be I mean, that could just be massive, especially with, you know, if Kawhi and Paul George can start playing some games together. Uh they're 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 going to be a force down the stretch. And I didn't realize they play the Clippers again after the games against yep. OKC. Yeah. Nice week. little Clipper yeah. sandwich. Little Clipper sandwich. Oh, I don't like that sandwich. Week from today. I think a week from today. Wow. Oh, I don't like that. The well, Clippers thunder you might, sandwich? You might like it depending on how tonight goes. <laughs> Spin that one out. Okay. All right. We'll talk more about this Kings Clippers game coming up, including what are some of the keys to this game? How are the Kings going to do the unthinkable? Oh, oh. I, I, no, I honestly. A little dramatic. No, I don't think it is. Okay. We'll talk do you think about the Kings it. are winning tonight? We'll talk no, about it. No, do you it. think the Kings are winning tonight? We'll talk about it. It's Deuce and Moe. Deuce and Moe. On Satown Sports. Oh, yeah. Kings, Clippers tonight. We also have Cattles and Rami things off at two to get you closer to the next biggest game of the season for the Sacramento Kings when they take on the Clippers. During this last break, we were staying live on YouTube talking about Westbrook and how things could look. Dude, the numbers on Westbrook against the Kings this year. Say it. Do it. We'll take it. 21 points, 10 assists, 5 rebounds, 43% shooting, uh, 47% from 3. That's 8 of 17 from 3-point land against the Kings this year. That's a pretty significant number considering he's shooting 29% on the season. That was the next no! question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was next question. Um, and then Kawhi. Yeah. When Kawhi plays, the Clippers are 24-11. and 11. His last 17-game stretch, we've referenced the numbers a couple of times. 27 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 51% shooting, 46% from 3, 92% from the free throw line. So no! it's a tall task. <laughs> um, second, I have a back-to-back. You're not playing... The Blazers C squad, you're playing a legit title contender if healthy tonight. Uh, what are your biggest questions headed into this one? Are they up for the challenge? I mean, mm-hmm. I, to me, I think this is the Kings. I mean, obviously, it's a pretty obvious statement, but it's their most difficult. Com- I mean, it's their biggest game of the season, obviously. But I mean, you look at the teams they play. They played Philly. They played Milwaukee, Denver. The teams are at the top of their conferences, but. This is a different Clippers team than they faced the first few times. The first week of the season they played them, they lost by two points like late in the game. Uh, they beat the the C team for the Clippers. This is a lot of all-star, you know, top-tier rotation players. I mean, even their, their bench. Robert Covington's a guy we haven't even named so far. He's a guy that the Kings could, could use on their bench. You're yep. a big Roco guy. Big Roco guy. It's just, are the Kings up for the challenge? Roco. If they can, I like if, it. Well, Roco. If, if they can, not, it reminds me of Kojo, though, Corey Joseph. Oh, sorry. Go to Roko. Go to Roko. If the Kings, to me, can make this a game, and if they if they lose, as long as they battle it out. I don't want any morale wins or any silver linings, but if they just can compete with this team and not get, you know, put in the dirt, I'm going to feel happy with how that result yeah, goes. But I agree with that. Yeah, I think I'm kind of looking at it just from the, the two-game series aspect of it, of, like, you mentioned this is a legitimate playoff team, potentially like a finals contending team. 
how do the Kings perform? How can they stack up when, again, Mike Brown mentioned right before the break that this is the time when teams really start to get flowing and start to really, you know, amp ramp up for the playoffs with the intensity. Can the Kings split? Can they yeah. compete against a really good Clipper team that I personally, you know, if you look at just their lineup, their roster, it's a lot of long, lengthy guys who the Kings have really, really yep. struggled with length this year. And that's we we had Noah Eagle on earlier, and he was talking about the Clippers' defense because I'm like, hey, they're going to do a good job of stopping De'Aaron right. and getting to his spots. You know, they have such great individual defenders. We obviously know Zubats tonight, but they still have um, some backup bigs now in Plumlee. Uh, and they play together, and he's like, oh, man, but their defense has dropped to 11th, and we're like, shut up, <laughs> oh Noah. You shut it. That's dropping? Yeah, exactly. And, that's what, and he was like, no, it's different. But at Please. the same time, what he what he doesn't uh, see from us, like what we see from the outside of uh, when we're looking in on the good defensive teams, is that the individuals that they have, and Kawhi Leonard averaging almost two steals per game, like those moments, the Kings need to be so perfect, disciplined, and locked yeah. in every possession down against a team like this if they want to compete and have a chance in a game like this. Yeah, that's what really scared me about last night. It was, I mean, you go on that, that the Blazers go on that huge run to start the game. The Kings were able only able to come back because of the, the competition they were going against. Yes. If they do that again tonight, you're just going to get blown out. Yep. That's how the game's going to go. You don't get that kind of opportunity against teams that are legitimately playoff contenders and that they have to, like you mentioned, they just have to realize the importance of every possession because come playoff time, come just when games are really, really important. It sounds cliche and corny, but legitimately every single possession matters. And, you know, Terrence Davis last night got off to a little bit of a slow start, had three turnovers in the first quarter. I was saying, I don't know if in a playoff game he would necessarily have gotten the run that he did. I think it helped that the rest of the team was really struggling, and I think Mike was really searching on his bench to find something, but that's the kind of thing where it's like, you know, even TD, who plays a great game, you have something to learn from that because, yeah, you can't come out slow like you did last night. They played physical last night, the Kings. I felt like they did a good job of like, all right. Well, they turned it on after. I was going to say, I think the Blazers really set the tone. Yeah, for sure. I think that zone really gave them problems. Mm -hmm. Clean that up, all right? You're in the NBA. you got to figure out a zone. All right, it should so not be that this is difficult. Um, I I, I want to see, and they played physical last night, but how do they handle it against a team like this? And going way back, when you go back to when the Kings were first in the playoffs that 98-99 season, it's a game like a lot of Kings fans reference because that Kings team, I don't know, they're kind of known as being softer, back, especially in that early stage and they were matching up against the Utah Jazz, these dirty ass Utah <laughs> Jazz teams. Talked about Stockton Malone a lot. Yeah. Chris <laughs> Weber set in the beginning of that game in Utah one of the nastiest screens on Stockton and just leveled him. Put him in put him on the ground. Stockton and probably flopped. I'd like to see that. It was yeah, it was it was Today. one of those moments it was like Chris yeah. Weber went I'm setting the Literally tone tonight. Set the tone, yeah. Like we're not going to get punked by you, old men. They lost the series. They he really gave the him a five. shot there. He would not, and he, yeah. And let's, John did not like that shot. He did not want that <laughs> no, shot. Did not no, want he it. definitely did he not. He did not want, want the that. shot. Chris <laughs> Weber really poking said, and prodding him uh, right Chris now. Chris Weber says, "I'm Come mandating on. that I give you this shot with this screen <laughs> tried, right now." Tried to deny it. Oh, he yeah. tried. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Oh, I love this. But. I'm not saying I need that Chris Weber moment tonight. Obviously, that's dramatic. That's a playoff game. But 
Like, honestly, I do want to see, like, Fox and I, like, don't back down if Kawhi Leonard's on you. Don't if Russ rocks the Paul baby jo- on him, oh first God. possession of the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want the Kings to set the tone tonight. Yeah. You know, you guys have to be the physical team because that's what it's going to take for you guys to compete, right? You can't be like, oh, we're the nice, plucky, good story in the NBA, the number three seed, because you'll get punked. And you can get punked fast, by, especially by a team like this. So I want some fire. Keegan Murray enforcer. Can't wait. Keegan Murray, yeah, ripping the well, jersey after the game. Oh, yeah, he's going to be. Honestly, that's a guy you, you tonight where I'm like, okay, Keegan. I mean, if he were up. to do it, that talk about sending a me- If Keegan Murray's the one who's laying somebody out. Well, he, oh he would not. God. He would not. But that, he would not. I'm he'll just, he'll but break it, character I'm, sometime. But that can, would fire me up. Can Keegan have a game be tonight, a moment, right? Yeah. Because you got to think, you know, Sabonis and Fox are going to attract a lot of attention out yep. there. Can Keegan be the guy to get something going from outside? I still maintain he's got to get some more looks. And even I, I know he needs to get some more looks. And we always I've Deuce has said before, like he needs to the team needs to do a better job of getting him looks. But I also go he needs to do a better job of demanding the ball own. and looking yeah. for his own. Did you guys see that last night? That behind yes. the back step back. Couldn't oh. believe it. Yes, more. It was like, How about the assist? Rose. How about you? Did you see his pass yes. to Sabonis where he drove? And I yeah. mean, it wasn't the the flashiest nice. pass, but he yeah. Yeah. dumped it off to him. What do you think it's going to take to get that out of him? Experience, man. Experience, yeah. And again, I think we talked about before just push coming to shove and someone not being available or someone not being on. I mean, but also, wasn't his career high against the Clippers? Didn't he score thirty against the Clippers? I'm pretty sure that was the game, wasn't it? Ooh, I don't know. Well, did, his career wasn't it against Houston. I, Just recently, I think he had 27 against. He might have had 27 uh, against okay. the Clippers. He had a big, he had a big game. Uh, was against that the Clippers in LA? When, it was against LA, and it's when they they had a blowout win. But he's had a big game my, there before. My grandma's funeral was that day. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up, Frank. He's just throwing. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to bring oh that up. Oh my god, how could you bring that up? Hey, why did, that was did he, wrong. Morgan, did he do that on purpose? I think he is he trying <laughs> the to throw it play in, the song. He's trying yeah, to what? throw it in his face that his grandma is yeah, dead. Like, you are an dude, awful dude. person, Frankie. Dude, that's just what yeah. are you doing? It's Keegan Murray. It's Friday, man. It's, it's Keegan Friday. Murray. We got Kings and Clippers tonight. I appreciate See, you guys. And that wasn't me, guys. And it wasn't even Chris Berlaud. Uh, I do want to remind you, you got to go to SackdownSports.com, read Frankie's game preview for Kings Clippers coverage of tonight's game. Plus, Chris Watkins will be live tomorrow morning yes, sir. on YouTube.com slash SackdownSports1140 with Kings Weekly. Coming up next, it's Kels. It's Rami. We love you guys, but we got to go. See ya!